turn, might make a turn, might make a turn either way. So all I can do is patiently pray, pray, I pray, pray, pray. Violent Femmes, man. man. Yeah, it was. Hell yeah, it was. Thought it wasn't? Uh, Shit. (laughs) You don't know shit. Oh, wow. Shit. There has been a... uh, There's been an addition to the studio. A water device put in front of me. Yeah, I'm working on it. We're almost there, man. So I should probably proceed? I would say so. Well, if it's the second hour of the show, you know what time it is. What time is it, Steve? Tell us. It's wait, wait, let me get your theme music. Let me get your theme music. Steve's Pit Stop Race Report Turbo Edition. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, uh. All right, Three, four, go. Seven, eight. There we go. Go for it, man. <laughs> go, Steve, go. I've got a race report for you. <laughs> I didn't tell you to sing it. You and your karaoke. You're going to enjoy it. Fucking weird. But not very much. You know you're not driving in your car by yourself right now. You realize that, right? <laughs> People are looking at me in traffic. The guy that just got run over ain't too happy. This is what I do. <laughs> but not very well. I've got a dream. And now for the race report with Steve. Thank you. Booyah. Supercross. Get it in you. <laughs> All over, <laughs> everywhere, live it up. Supergrass, but it's two-wheeled show to the Lone Star State this weekend. The lucky fans packed into AT&T, AT&T Stadium. I was doing so well, too. AT&T Stadium in Arlington, really. Texas were not disappointed. 450 class points leader Jason Anderson qualified second. Uh, was doing pretty well, but... 
did, uh, it started well until he dropped his bike in the main event. What, what's the guy's name? Jason Anderson. Jason Anderson. Do I know that guy? He's been riding Husqvarna's pretty well last couple of years. Huh. Did he drive a convertible Malibu? Uh, yeah, I think he's an Uber driver and he has a Malibu. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Why? Do you know if he drives a convertible Malibu, maybe. <laughs> Continue. There's a lot of jam. <laughs> oh, you fucking prick. <laughs> Carry on. He dropped his bike in the main event. He would fight back to claim fourth. A KTM mounted. Marvin Musquin would grab second after Anderson's fall and stay there for a runner-up position, but it was all Eli Tomac on his Kawasaki riding that Cowie flagged for a flag-to-flag victory. Uh, Tomac uh, qualified first, won his heat race, and claimed his third win of the year. Uh, Blake Baggett would round out the podium. Uh, Cole Seeley would finish fifth on his Honda. Now, Anderson on his Husqvarna owns the points leaders at 160 points. Uh, tiny bubbles. Uh, Cole Seeley is back there at 124 points, and that's where it gets tight. Baggett is third with 120 points. Musquin fourth with 119. Pike won 14, and Barsha won 13. So once you get to third place, it's pretty tight, and fourth place is just four points ahead of them. So huh? it is tightening up as they head to Tampa, Florida. Fourth place is ahead of third place? Yes. No. That's what you just said. No. What I'm saying is... Try to explain it to somebody who doesn't understand what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, Anderson has a <laughs> commanding point lead. I will speak slowly for you, George. Right, but the third place guys are really tight, right? There's So 160 boom, boom. points for the leader. The, the next guy, Cole Seeley on his Honda, has 124 points. Four points behind him is Blake Baggett with 120 points. So it's pretty close between second and third, and then it gets downright tight. Baggett is uh, one point ahead of Marvin Musquin. So fourth, fifth, and sixth are right, right there on each other. Yes. Third, fourth, fifth, and sixth are right there with each other. Within six, right seven points of each other. It's just getting more and more exciting every week. Makes you want to tune in, doesn't it? I'm sorry, did you say something? <laughs> we'll get back to the, uh, the always, the always uh, eventful. There was a butterfly in the studio. Never do. I know, I've been trying to catch it too, the bastard. <laughs> Chipping balls, too. Uh, never dull. Uh, always eventful. Uh, 250 East Series kicked off in Texas. Uh, last year's champ, Zach Osborne, set out to defend his number one plate. And when the green flag dropped, Zach had a great few of five other riders ahead of him. Uh, Rye Hampshire and Sean Cantrell led Ch- Ch- Challen. This this guy. We're going to call him Chaz. Chaz Tennant. Yeah, on give him nicknames, one. man. Go go crazy. Go crazy, Steve. Show him. Oh. Show him. How do you spell it? Uh, it's Chaz. Challen. What do we call him? Chalky? That's challenging. Ch- How about we call him Quishy? That's, that shit was super challenging. <laughs> it's super chilling. You know what? Chilling. Chilling, challenge. Uh, we'll make that chilling. Squitchy's making nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's off the hook. Oh, in the house. Uh, hand- oh, or- damn. Squitchy's running, boy. <laughs> 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 oh, that Quitchy. <laughs> when Squitchy gets on a roll, you're going to need lots of butter. <laughs> Put the butter away, Quitchy. Uh, 
Okay, Humpity Hampshire and Crazy Cantrell led <laughs> Chillin' Tenant on lap one. Uh, Zach moved up and was top three with uh, with 12 minutes to go. Now they're doing it by clock or whatever the hell they're doing. It's very confusing. Uh, but they have a clock that winds down, and then there's like two laps once the clock winds down, and the race is really on. But anyway, uh, Zach was moving up. So it's like soccer. Sort of. I don't know. Right? It's more the clock f- runs out, and you still got like a couple more minutes of action until the thing's over. Is that right? soccer? Where I can't sit all the way well, through soccer. Well, match. what they do is they, they really got a 90-minute clock that just runs, and then whatever penalties have been taken out during the game, they add that onto the end of the time, but they don't show the time. They just show that 90 minutes is over, and now whatever penalties were taken out. So, oh. so if, with, within whatever. penalties, if they used up, say, two and a half minutes of time, then they play another two and a half minutes. Wow, that's very confusing. Well, it's it's a surprise when it's over. They must know the super cross people. You know, it's like it's, it's like sink or swim too. at this point. Cause it's like the <laughs> clock ran out, but we're still playing. You better get your ass in fucking gear because shit's gonna be yeah. done hey, real quick. Zero boys, let's go. It's like a two minute warning, right? Let's go. Quit screwing around. <laughs> Zeros, zeros. Let's go. It's pretty much the same thing here, I guess, actually, because it's more of a time constraint thing for the uh, to fit the TV parameters. Exactly. But see, with soccer, they don't do commercials, right? That's why we don't do soccer in the United States. So if you go to Europe when they play a soccer game. This, the advertisements are going on around the fucking ring the whole time. They got fucking, they got fucking like uh, graphics, graphics up on the walls that, that start like they move and shit. You know, it's like all fucking animated, right? Yeah, like a running script. So it's constantly in your face. It's not like you stop for fucking three minutes every fucking. And I bet B, eight. I bet B win is one of the big ones over there. Who? B win. It's like gambling services. When I watch the motorcycle races in Europe, B win will pop up. I, I had to look it up. It's like, oh, it's a gambling thing because they huh. they will bet on fucking it's bug like, races. It's like GoDaddy. You just saw cool commercials and you had to check out what it was. No, I've never looked at GoDaddy. Once I found out it cost money, it was like, fuck these people. Gonna let me look what GoDaddy? Bastards. Yeah. And what B wins free? Uh, it's a gambling service. They want you to look into it and then start spending money. So yeah, you get to look a little bit. So it's not free. Well, it's gambling. What do you think? You go to Tahoe, they just let you in. Come on in, George. No, they want you to gamble and spend money on it. That's what they want. That's not what they get. Well. Don't pay the penny sots. It's a, it's a, it's a scam. <laughs> How would you find out? <laughs> I sit on the edge and I watch people. I watch stuff. Yeah, and I write things so down. So, like, I mean, there's... I the, stare at them. It's, it's common knowledge, right? So, the, when you walk in a casino, the first set of fucking... The fucking uh, what we call it? Slot machines are probably the ones you want to play because those have better odds because they right. want you fucking winning in front front window so people see you winning and they say, "Hey, I'm going in there." What was tonight's word? Hella? Yeah, hella. No, that was the East Bay's word tonight. Oh, we're not doing the East Bay show anymore. Unless we're talking shit about the East Bay, we don't say hella. <laughs> <laughs> this is so confusing. So confusing. You're hella dumb. It's kind of like that <laughs> microphone that you call a bong over there. You're holding onto. It won't pass. Yeah, well, I got big lungs. <laughs> George had a big lung now. <laughs> uh, so Humpity Hampshire and Oh, are you Crazy still doing a report? <laughs> yeah, well, kind of. Uh, and ch- led Chillin' Tenant on lap one. Uh, Zach Osborne continued to move up and was top three with 12 minutes to go. Uh, with four minutes to go, Osborne was on the move, claiming second. And with 3.50 to go, led with just 3.10 to go. Uh, Zach rolled on to victory, showing the field why he wears the number one plate. Uh... Rye Hampshire or Humpity Hampshire rounded up four. Oh, excuse me. Colt Nichols was second on a Yamaha. James Dakota's third on a Suzuki. Good old Humpity Hampshire back there and fourth on a Honda and Jerry. The Humpty Martin. dance is your chance to do the hump. <laughs> 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 
me, baby. Do the hump to dance. I'm doing Is that a little preview of the music coming up? It's tasty. No, like man. It. You just I got like me it. thinking, man. Oh, okay. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to just, just chop it up case, a bit, man. Just breaking it down a little, you know? Just in case it makes a big comeback. Might be a good idea to have some new theme music. Sounds like something Hollywood Did you lose your place? You, no. You totally right, took your finger away from the paper there, dude. No, I can... I could totally pick up right You got your thumb on it, don't you? You got your thumb on it. No, I'm starting at the top. It's, it's a news piece of paper. Uh, <laughs> Look at you. We're, we're changing <laughs> subjects. I know. You're trying Are to we? derail my report. So I led you into part. a segue? See how that works? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, well, it's way better than the ones you've been throwing out there. Fuck off. You didn't really, like, try to. <laughs> uh, and speaking of explosions, <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> speaking of semi-serious things we should pay attention to, Steve said something else. Uh, MotoGP visited Thailand for a 3D test over the weekend, and Honda's Mark Marquez celebrated his 25th birthday Saturday by topping the timesheet. What were they testing? Uh Frame, suspension, aerodynamic fairings, uh, riding styles, uh, huh. alcohol, acid. So they've, never been, they they've never been there before. No, they've been there before. It's it's their winter test. They just did. Oh. Uh, they're at Thailand. Where were they last? Because uh, when I hear Tesla, I think it's like they're feeling out the waters kind of thing. Like, oh, well, no, well, are I our mean, bikes going to get stolen out of our fucking hotel rooms kind of thing? Is we have to fucking... <laughs> You know what I mean? I usually take like we don't go to Thailand anymore because they steal all our gear before we fucking get to the track. Fuck it, bastard. <laughs> you know? Steve, no longer go to Thailand. <laughs> One of them left a video of him rubbing his dick on my fucking. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! I think that's uh, on his drum set. Another local member. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucked up. Uh, teammate Danny Pedrosa undercut everybody to close out winter testing on Sunday. See, it was just winter testing. So what they're doing there is testing different frames. Uh, the Honda boys had a uh, carbon fiber swing arms, which usually they don't like because aluminum has a little give and will twist and shake, whereas carbon fiber is too stiff and they want a little bit of give in hmm. the metallurgy. It's definitely a carbon fiber thing, or that's what they they're telling that's, people. Well, that's what the people were. Because uh, if it's too rigid, then and you're using it, then and it's it's common knowledge that it's too rigid, then something else is going on there, right? Maybe, maybe it's maybe, never, it's a maybe certain, they've a new, made a new carbon fiber. Maybe they engineered specific thickness, so it's got certain structural integrity, so it will give in certain spots. The exact wording provided to me was: Honda boasted a carbon fiber swing arm, usually too stiff. It loses flexibility and feel, the important feel. But, hey, maybe they found a new way to make it have some feel. I don't know. Maybe it copped a feel. Uh, Yamaha's Johan Zarco. Maybe they copped. I get it. Uh, See? No, I don't. (laughs) Johan's, well, I'll I'll explain it later. I have a graph. and uh, Johan Zarco took second with a... uh, I'll go get the magic chalkboard. (laughs) Seven-time champion Mark Marquez, third at the end of testing. Uh, Mark... Oh, excuse me. Cal Crutchlow would uh, place fifth with the top Suzuki of Alex. Can, can I ask sixth. you a question? Uh, in a minute. <laughs> Jack Miller with the top Ducati man in sixth, seventh place, excuse me, sixth place. Uh, Alex Renz. Uh, I'm very confused here. With uh, uh, Andre DeVizioso, seventh fan favorite, Valentino Rossi was back in 12th place. Doesn't mean much as it you just pretty push much. Push very testing. hard. Oh, he's, he does like to push very hard. Uh Pretty much it means nothing. It's frame, suspension, different aerodynamics. But the Japanese love to have something to brag. So is all this shit acceptable in the regular race race season? I mean, yeah. if they're tested in Thailand, why? I mean, there, there's no parameters they have to stay within on these bikes? They can do whatever the fuck they want? 
they banned winglets so because there was potential. They that banned them, but they still got some funky little things going so on. So they fairings, added a man. whole fairing within a fairing to make winglets, pretty much. So yeah. it's pretty much becoming. They ducting. created these little pockets like off the off the sides. I saw that, man. Well, the bikes lift at speed, so they yeah. want to make it push down very hard. It's like the inlet ducts on push a manta ray. Push down very hard. That's, that that's, uh, it's cheating. <laughs> You're cheating? It's the devil's work is what it is, George. No, that's not, that's not a wing. Oh, no, winglet. <laughs> Ain't no thing. It's just chicken wing. Winglets. <laughs> it sounds like, <laughs> it does sound like something from KFC. I heard they're it out does. of chicken. I've heard they're out of chicken. I don't know. They haven't had chicken there for fucking years, dude. What are you talking it's about? It's fucking <laughs> horrible is what it is. Kentucky Fried Pigeon. Oh, oh dude. Ooh. How do you know? What? You think, dude. Oh, that is so much you think, bro? You think everything's chicken? Maybe. Knock it off. Unless you killed it yourself. Turkey? I don't know if I could kill a chicken, Kentucky man. Kentucky Fried Turkey. It's a good question. Depends if it pissed me off. So what's winter like in Thailand? Like, I mean, what are the conditions for the, for the track right now? Do you know? Well, since it's near the equator, probably hot and humid. Which means it rains a lot. Which is a very good But the monsoon season is during our summer, isn't it? Or during our winter? Uh, I don't know. And why is it winter there if it's winter here? So many good it's questions. It's tropical. So many good questions. So there is no winter. I think winter. it's not really a winter. It's just constantly warm because the sun's never that far from the equator, right? Um, no, it's not. Why are there songs about rainbows, George? Actually, it gets pretty far away from the equator, doesn't it? Because if you got 24 hours or, say, 23 hours of darkness at the fucking winter solstice, right? 23 like, hours of darkness? Yeah. At the, at the like very a, tip of our planet, yes. Not or the, the very the tip, poles, like in Alaska. At the poles. At like the in poles. Alaska. At the poles. Like in Alaska, right? Is it yes. 22 hours of complete darkness they get? Something the, like that. It depends, longest, how, it depends how far north night? you are. It depends how far north you are. So say Fairbanks. If they had a racetrack, I'd call and ask right now. So I'm just trying to give you an idea of the angle of the sun at that point. So it's it's almost directly over fucking the quarter, the quarter line. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but they still get much more sun than everybody else. And then during the two parts of the year where it's moving back and oh, back and forth over the equator they're probably getting 18 hours of sunlight that day right they get they get a solstice like in between the solstices on both sides they call it and it's the hottest because it's the closest because it's actually directly over the fucking equator that at that point hmm. sounds like you know that you pretty no, much I'm just, to I'm answer just, your own question I'm just using knowledge and figuring it out as, <laughs> as you speak it just it helps me think Makes you feel better. I just hear that drone in the background. It just makes me think of something else. And just, that steady droning of Steve's motorboat voice. I come up with a lot of great rawr, ideas while you're rambling rawr, on. Rawr. I should no. just chant. Should yeah, just maybe chant. maybe the resonance is like releasing some sort of a hormone in my brain. It's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Supposedly when George those, is going hormonal. On supposedly us. when the monks chant, chant like that, that pitch hits a certain point of resonance and it vibrates your fucking pituitary gland or something like that. So it kind of sprinkles out a little bit of the, bit of the goodness. The goodness. So you kind of get like this little fucking euphoria. Really? Yeah. Wow, no wonder they have such a great time. They seem very content. I've, I've, I remember reading at one point, I don't know how true it was, and I was a kid, it was a long time ago, but so, at some point I remember reading that it, it, some of them could bring it to the point where it was like an acid trip. Wow, that's pretty heavy duty. Well, you know, if you're going to be a monk, you don't get to really ride motorcycles. It's a vow of poverty. And... I mean, it's a proven fact. Everything has resonance, right? All right. It's just what, what the vibration point is that gets it resonating. All right. I did not know all that. You didn't know that? Everything has its own right. So if you like plug your ears and hum and like go up the scales, it'll get to a point where it kind of vibrates and makes your hair kind of tickle. Hmm. 
as your skull's point of resonance. Really? I've had sinuses block up to where you, I could have my own symphony. <laughs> I assume everybody does. Yeah, sure. If you ever had your own Only private Only when symphony, the voices stop talking for a little bit. <laughs> when the conductor finally shuts up. If you've had uh, voices in your head, like to talk to us about it. 415-550-0511. Ask for George's voices. They're much more interesting than Steve's voices. Yeah, Squitchy doesn't have a whole lot to talk about. He's done with his papers. <laughs> no, no, I got more. What? I got more, I know, right? Do you want to play some music first? or Do you? I don't know. What time, That's the question. What time does the 3D BBC say? Where's the, the 3D what? The three-dimensional blackboard. That's what Phineas J. Whoopi. That's right, man. The You're 3D good BB. like that, aren't you? The 3D BB. Uh, you know, I've got a couple things yet, so let's... Uh... Yeah, you feeling it? You uh, feel me? Uh, yeah, go play some music first. Then. Yeah!
Bam. Bam. Just like that. It's George with the music. Yeah, so I don't listen to that shit anymore. <laughs> well, that's no, a nice well, intro to a song. Well, no, I was. Uh, that was uh, shit anymore. Like Leonard Skinner in high school was a big band for me. Fucking, you know, I was into the fucking the classic fucking rock and roll. Classic and rock, I was, baby. I, I was under. The, I was under 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 the 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 guys of if you if it had a synthesizer in it, it ain't rock and roll. <laughs> that's like an easy way out, right? So Van Halen. Must yeah, me me like a fourteen year old little asshole doesn't know how to fucking whistle. I'm going to tell some guy how to fucking make music. You didn't know how to whistle. I could whistle. I could whistle real loud. <laughs> <laughs> don't dare him. Whatever you do, don't call in and dare him at 415-550-0511. Those headphones ain't going to help if I whistle. <laughs> You'll be sorry. Ears. That's why I can't hear shit. <laughs> I broke my own eardrums. I had my sister that could listen, whistle very loudly, so... Yeah. Uh, Justin Barsha probably wish he had a... A whistle. <laughs> you think it would have helped? <laughs> well, he had his dream season. You know, the way you're laughing, I'm like really afraid to hear what you have to say about this poor guy. I, I purposely okay. didn't watch any of it so I could just like fucking just like be in awe of your fucking reports. <laughs> the understanding that I that that I gained just listening to five minutes of you talking is fucking unbelievable. I know. There's such a deep well of wisdom. It's like it's like opening up a whole part deep. of my brain that I didn't know I had. Deep. It's like a good acid trip. I feel like my brain is touching the ceiling right now. <laughs> you look like uh, Megamind, the cartoon. Yeah, that's what I'm talking brain. about. That's what I was totally envisioning. Uh, Justin Barsh's brain wasn't the swelled part. It was his hand that was swelled up. He had his dream comeback season stopped at its tracks in a heat race. Uh, Barsha came up short on a triple jump. And Tyler Bowers landed on Barsha's right hand, which was on the throttle at the time. Uh, Justin will have surgery on his hand Monday, which was today, uh, to repair the broken middle finger. Uh, quote, unquote, luckily it is just my hand and I can still keep my fitness up off the bike. Uh, thanks to all my fans and great sponsors. No quote from his girlfriend. But he broke the finger? Broke the middle finger. The bike came down. The dude's... Fucking motocross well, back they tire. Just cut it off and cauterize that shit. Get the back That's in the fucking track, dude. Do. This guy needs his digits. Okay. Is that finger making that big a difference with the throttle? Uh, He's probably only using two fingers most of the time, anyhow. He probably I'd rather on, lose. No, he's probably breaks. sitting on. He probably keeps it up on top of the fucking the handguard right there. You know, just like so fucking be flipping everybody off while he's riding around. Like, <laughs> he ain't you, George. I, do, <laughs> I would like totally do that. Do. I, I would totally do that. I was or I would two fingers. Or on I would the like cut cut a hole in the bottom of my glove so my so it looked like my finger was up there, but it was just like the tip of my glove. Like, oh, you are <laughs> good. Like, yeah. have, have two or three middle fingers up there so you can flip people yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, three that times, was, three that, times. Fuck you. That would be my number. Be a fuck big, you three times, my friend. Big fucking big bird on the on the, on the side. Of my, yeah, everything just turns into a train wreck. You're number yeah. one. <laughs> you're, a, you're deuce, Squitchy. <laughs> Marco Melandra used his Ducati to top the timesheets at Phillips Island in the first day of World Superbike Testing in Australia. Uh, Win played havoc with riders in the afternoon with both Kawasaki riders caught out in high-speed turn 11. Uh, Jonathan Ray and Tom Sykes survived and will race next weekend openings, uh, opening, excuse me, next weekend's opening World Superbike race at Phillips Island. Where was this race at? Uh, they were practicing at Phillips Island, which is down in uh, Australia. Turn 11 is a high-speed turn, huh? Oh, dude, he got spit. Uh, th like, we're talking going maybe 110, 120 and getting <sighs> spit off high side. Fucking not cool. Ooh. And Sykes had a couple hard crashes last year and had a season ended, I believe. 
Um, so this is not the way to start the season. A lot of once the riders saw the well, shit. Going I down, mean, it's not they falling down isn't, end. but charging like that is. I mean, that's fucking solid that he fucking to get out of a wreck like that and fucking just. It's not easy to fucking get back on the bike for one. It's and then, one of those things you got to get right back on the horse. You know, that's what I did. Yeah, it's been. A I was million. I was a little shaky. I got to admit that first ride, oh, I was bad. like, well, my ankle is still broken. Fucking my wrist. Wow. <laughs> Let's the, not rush it, George. The bike did a lot better than I did. It was like two weeks after. Yeah, the second I could walk, Holy I got on that shit, thing, dude. Really? On the Katuna? No, on the uh, XR. Oh, wow, really? God the damn. L. Wow. Yeah, dude, the bike didn't... It had some good scratches and a little... Ch- I think it broke a turn signal off or something like that, but it was relatively unscathed. Wow. Yeah. Crazy stuff. It is we're getting back on a bike after a wreck, you know? Yes. Uh, dude, but, eight days in the hospital, man. I was like... Wow. So yeah, it makes you think twice about getting back on a bike. I had a chest tube and fucking poking oh, in the bad. side of my fucking side of my body. Had a piece of plastic poking out of it, and oh, yeah, it had a vacuum on it. What did mom and dad say my, about this? Dude, my lung collapsed. So they pop a hole on the side of your on your side under your armpit right there, and they they go between the ribs and they fucking poke a tube in there and they put a vacuum on it and fucking it's got this drain tube, so it's filling up with fucking fluid and because I lacerated my kidney and I fucking. Wow. And I punctured my lung and it collapsed. So I had, you know, there was there was fluid in there. Wow. Sounds painful. So then so then yeah, so then the vacuum also helps open up the lung again. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it, so it was it was a trip, dude. So it had this drip tube this the tube came out of me and it went down to the floor and it went up to the machine and it would like catch some drainage down at the bottom, right? It was like <laughs> It's like 12 inches of fluid in there. And if I took a deep breath, it would like go up the tube. <laughs> and it would drop back down. <laughs> dude. That's how you entertained yourself. Oh, dude. Dude, you want to come over dude, and watch and the phlegm feel, in the tube? And you could feel like it bouncing, you know, when the fluid like bounce up and down in there. I could feel it like pushing on the inside of my lungs like it was pushing breath out of me, man. It was fucking weird, dude. So I could get it like bouncing, get the point of resonance going. <laughs> and then the dude, you would fucking, start flying on. You pervert. Oh, Only dude, you I turned make a hospital. Stay I turned into... my fucking my hospital stay into a fucking carnival. <laughs> I believe you, dude. Uh, yeah, every so I dude, I had a fucking alarm clock for the fucking timer on the fucking on the on the painkillers. They had me on a dilated drip, and I could only get a shot like a little squirt every seven minutes. So I had a fucking I had a clock that went off every seven minutes, and I hit I hit snooze. It was 60. like seven minutes was the snooze, right? So I'd hit snooze and fucking hit the button. <laughs> like, wait for the thing to go off again. Really? There's nothing you can do about the bones I broke, man. You just sit still and wait for them to heal. Ah. Eight eight ribs. My shoulder blade went in five directions. My so I had no surgery. I had. They were just like, yeah, let it mend, man. Dislocated shoulder, broke my collarbone. Wow. It's all shit you can't put a cast on. I wasn't to the point of surgery, so. Wow. One of the ribs punctured a lung, and the other one scratched my kidney, I guess. Jesus. So I got crushed pretty good. Yeah, you did. How long was a full recovery for that? I was back to work in 11 weeks. Wow. Three months. Just under three months. Yeah. They wanted wow. me to be an X-Men. I told them, fuck off. A what? Pussy. X-Men. What's that? I heal like Wolverine is what I've been told, so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I was just thinking, you know, George really heals like a Wolverine or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Uh, MV's yeah, George. I was, running, I was running four out across the ceiling on my first day back, dude. Jesus, boy, they like they were like they were like sink or swim, man. Get up in the get up in there, 40 feet off the ground, running five four outs. <laughs> Boy, they hate you. <laughs> I knocked it out. That's the test. 
Jesus. I was. I, I was, bet you're happy to get back to work. I was at. The, I was at that point. You know, after 11 weeks, it was like I got to the point where I accepted that pain. There was a certain amount of pain for recovery to happen. Mm-hmm. So the sooner I got the pain out of the way, the quicker I'd recover. Hmm. Right. So if you take any injury and say, well, there's going to be exactly this much pain and you can get all that pain out of the way directly at this very moment, then there shouldn't be any pain after that, right? It's certainly less so it, I it's guess. It's a mind fuck, but it worked. That's an interesting way to handle it. So I knew I was going to be in pain at work no matter what, or else I wasn't going to be back at work for months. Brutal. Right? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well... You know who else got to crash this weekend? What explosion? Uh, Jordy Torres uh, crashed his MV acoustic. He could only watch as the MV flipped over end over end, completely destroying his bike. The single-sided <sighs> swing arm was sheared in two. It's interesting the forces that happen when these bikes tumble down a road. It was sheared or, sheared. or broke off? Uh, I believe sheared was the word they used. So, How do you shear it off like that? Uh, when bikes go tumbling end over end, they just have their own crazy momentum and it's just, it's crazy. The swing arms moving around, it's got a wheel spinning inside of it. That's got a chain that's hooked up to a motor that might be redlined. So it could be spinning wildly itself. You never know. Right. And then once it gets, once it gets airborne, it starts getting some gyroscopic action going. Yeah, exactly. And that just creates a whole nother force, which it could like whip it. Yeah. And the thing is, it spins to the moon, then the rev limiter kicks in, so all that torque is suddenly stopped at its tracks. Or not stopped at its tracks, but the force is stopped. Anyway, there's right. a lot of weird shit going on in addition to that bike tumbling down it the goes track. Into and the rider and fucking get to work. see this fucking thing hurl along, hopefully not get tangled up with it. But uh Yeah. Wow. Uh, Chaz- yeah, that's, I, I, no, I'm still trying to understand the whole sheer thing because I understand like if this thing's flipping around and it takes some crazy spin, yeah, if the if the tail end of the thing of the tire catches the track as it's like swinging around, right? So then it's going to break at, at a certain point on the swing arm and then break off and you know like peel apart basically. Yeah, rip and, rip but that's not shearing. Shearing is like it hit a fucking fence and the part that fucking sheared off stopped and the bike just kept going and it just sliced it clean kind of, right? That's a shear. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, a shear force would be... Yeah, you're right. Did you translate Italian for this report? Uh, No, Vietnamese. So you had nothing to do with it? Uh, Well, I not, might not have been sober when I did it. Uh, Chaz Davies rounded out the top ten with... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right back in it, huh? Has returned from MotoGP <laughs> back to ride a BMW there. Uh, <laughs> Australia next weekend, 24th of 25th of uh, February. Supercross moves to Tampa, Florida next weekend. Atlanta, Georgia the weekend after that. Calistoga half mile, May 5th. Sacramento mile, May 19th. Mr. Uh, this last sad bit of was, news. No, that whole thing was a little OCD. They did just jump right back in your report like nothing else can happen until I get this well, done. I have to finish. <laughs> Otherwise, I have to go home and say to the mirror like 20 Don't times. Don't forget to shut the door three times on your way out. That's why I pay 50 bucks a month. Uh, step the, off the curb three times before you cross the street and step on the curb on the other side three times and bang, you know. And do three circles. Yeah. Don't forget Because now circles. you're number three, dude. I mean, you'd be a fucking dipshit if you do it three circles. Squitchy means three in every other language except English. <laughs> <laughs> Trace. <laughs> on a more serious note, 
Uh, services have been scheduled for former AFM and AMA writer Tom Moose uh, Reinecker at St. Francis Church in Sonoma on Tuesday, February 27th. Reinecker, 63, passed away at the scene of an accident uh, February 10th when an SUV failed to yield right-of-way, according to a CHP report. Uh, Reinecker started racing in the 70s and racing. Uh, he also raced at Yamaha TZ 750. Uh, Godspeed, bro. Uh, I had the pleasure of sitting up in turn two when... Um, Moto America was in town uh, last year, last August, and uh, great dude. Uh, I passed around the be- I had a couple beers, and uh, one of the guys racing up there had a dude with me and uh, a beer. I don't think Tom had any with us, but it, I got to meet him there, and I think he might have been one of the dudes that went across country with pole. I'm not sure, but anyway. Uh, I think he might have been in the van, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good dude, you know. A great guy. Talkative dude, stagehand. You yeah, he was a guy that once he started talking, I mean, if, if you – I, I talked to, I could, I could sit there and talk to the guy for hours, man. Yeah, he was a great dude. He was. Anyway, he's, 63 uh, years old. Got to speak to him. He's a good cat. And, yeah, he uh, was at the uh, the, Dames, the Dames ride. He had that BMW. That's right. I think he had like 200-something thousand miles on that thing, man. That's was, right. He had had hella miles. That was the bike he was Son on. of a bitch. That sucks. So, yep. Damn. So, anyway, got to be to our, our friend uh, Moose. Yeah, and, race in uh, peace, brother. That is uh, the Steve Report. So we dedicate the show to uh, Tom. To Moose, yeah. Moose Reinecker. <laughs> Damn. So. Oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, sorry about that. So I should have set this up with you prior and had music set up for it. But anyway. Yeah. Now we're going to troll through music. What time is it? We huh. have 10 That's... minutes yet for the show. Yeah. Damn, that stinks. This was a good dude, man. Yeah, we had a long talk about his BMW, man. He went through that whole engine. And he's like, oh, dude. I mean, it looked a little rugged, but he had he lived a life on that thing, man. The shit he saw, the stuff he did. Fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had a lot. <laughs> he had a lot of experiences, man. He had a lot to talk about, and there was a lot went on went on in his life, man. Yeah, he, yeah. great storyteller. That's for yeah. sure. Great guy, big man, big heart. Damn. Cheers, brother. It's good to know you. Cheers, Moose. Well, I happen to find me a buggy coming out from under rock in the grass. Yeah. He got his buggy luggage. No time to talk. He walking fast. Yep. Said he hit it for a long Yeah, yeah. I'm on my way to post 
coming down from the mountain I have seen the high and mighty I will go again someday But for now I'm coming down Coming down from the mountain I have seen the lofty glory I will go again someday But for now I'm coming down Yeah Hey, that was Meat Puppets Yes, it was. Coming down. Coming down. That's actually like only half the song. There's like a 20 second break there, and then they go into another tune there, and it's uh, it just kicks it's it. It's something else, I tell you. It is just. Tell you what, kids. Something the kids are out. listening to, huh? Um, I don't know. When did that come out? That that's like '94, dude. That's uh, older than your kids, but one of them was a '94. Yeah, one of the kids is a '94 model. The other one's a '96. Hmm. Yep. I think, yeah, they'd both be push rod Fords if they were pickup trucks. <laughs> Get it, right? Holy crap. I know, right? It's the end of the show. It FTW is the end of the show. We're, we're uh, wrapping it. We're calling it a wrap. Thanks for rap party us. starts now. Woo! Woo! Man, that was a rough one. Boom. Blow it up. Straight up. Again. So next weekend, uh, George will be flying solo because I will be out. So... Call in and harass George. And the weekend after that, we have a music comedy festival. So I will be back in three weeks, sports fans. George will be back probably next week, unless he, like, you ain't coming back. burns the place down. You, never you don't know. even know. You're not coming back. You realize that. Huh? I could be incarcerated. I could be. Could be. Uh, not eviscerated. Uh, I could be a lottery winner. There's a lot of things that can happen, George. You never know. Do you buy lottery tickets? Rarely, but. Then you couldn't be a lottery learner, so. Hey, if you're buzzed. Yeah, you know, if I buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. Wouldn't this be great, hon? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't win. Fuck. Hmm. That's what happens. One of my friends Yay. that did play a lottery ticket, would um, he played one of those scratch-off games. He'd get winners and then put them aside when he was laid off between jobs. He'd go cash them in for cigarettes or whatever. It's like, oh, pretty smart thinking, right? Yeah, except if he just kept the money, he would have had more money. He could have just put that in a jar and he would have had that tucked away it would have been more yeah could or have, not could have lived better or not you never know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do it's challenging the, world. <laughs> the odds of winning are so small oh no he used to scratch off tickets so he won every once in a while the odds are so small Oh, they are. I, I'm with you. It was. I mean, waste, I voted for it. Money, I voted opinion. for it back in the day because I thought a lot more money was going to go to the schools. But it's like it turns out it's like one percent, if that. It's it's like guys are getting rich off the lottery. Well, I'm not so far. Yeah, they're invest- you ever hear about those guys? Their investors are making it, money. The guys that win it burn up all the money and then they won it again. It's happened like once or twice. I, I know one was in Chicago or someplace, and the other one yeah. was someplace back there too. And it was like, it's like some people are just destined destined to fuck. do that cycle, right? Oh, Jesus. you hear people that actually you know they made their money and then they lost it all, and then they made their money and they lost it all, and they did it, you know two three times. Like what the fuck? Yeah. What what are they doing? That fucking what a roller coaster ride. You right? Poor it's got to be like kids. bipolar or something, right? Because what for like six months you have this crazy drive, and then the other six months you're depressed and you can't leave your bedroom, right? <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know, know, man. I don't know. Huh. Tough one. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's it's amazing how it's it goes It's a weird for some life, people. man. Yeah. It's interesting. Yep. The rags to riches is a pretty scary thing when it goes back to rags. I mean, technically, they're all stories. I don't know anybody that's happened to, so. Won a lottery? No, me neither. No, or like made made a shit ton of money doing you know one specific thing and then lost it all and then did something else completely different and fucking made another mint. 
Yeah, you know, I've watched one of my friends used to be like uh, try Cause, different. Because that people, they just have a rich, different. They get just rich are... quick schemes, and like he did concrete and just. Uh, it's entertaining concrete to watch. It, it's entertaining to watch. How that's, does concrete get rich? That was quick. his fallback thing, and you could make pretty good money doing concrete. Dude, that's rough work. It's definitely rough work. So he'd hire people. So from, he's not afraid from to work. Depot parking lot. He's not afraid to work. And but he had he's a backhoe. Pull scams. <laughs> not a backhoe. A bobcat. So he'd scrape, lay down the mesh, metal, whatever, pour concrete, and hire some good finishers, and off they'd go. So, and he had a pump truck after a while. Ooh, shit. Ooh. Yeah. Those things can't be cheap. No, it was a pickup truck with a pumper on the back. It wasn't anything super duper, but it Even replaced those. us idiots because we used to wheel concrete for them. Even those are. There's a challenge in July after The guy that event. we had <laughs> when I was, uh, before I got in the trade, I was doing a carpentry. I was finished carpenter, and then we were doing remodels and cabinet making all that kind of shit um we had a guy that was our that had the pump truck like that and he was a retired fireman that actually built the pump himself he said he made it really yeah wow it was interesting it has no safeguards it's awesome it works like a champ man really yeah hmm. now you never know you never know you never know well we should probably wrap it up and let these people go home george both of you out there thanks for listening yeah Thanks. Hopefully, Steve will win the lottery and he'll get himself a motorcycle. <laughs> that too. That'd be sweet. I'm going to fuck with my Ducati. And I'd want. really like to see you work on getting your uh, press passes so you can go places and do stuff. You know, I thought about that. It means I can't just stagger around, get drunk, and be low key. I have to be. So why not? The Steve personality. Well, I guess I could be a drunk and wander the pits. I expect nothing less. <laughs> I want you to be there. Be my, you be my bodyguard. I'll call you Hal. <laughs> hey, I'll give you 10 bucks if you streak across the track. <laughs> you wouldn't do that, George. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, I would. I just wouldn't pay you. <laughs> oh, I certainly would not do that. Yeah, well, you say that now. I don't think so. Anyway. All right. Well, Excellent. hey, thanks for tuning in and listening to tonight, sports fans. And, uh, Happy uh, Forever Two Wheels tomorrow. Next week will be a new show. <laughs> yes, it will. It'll be different. I'll try and call we're, it. Uh, we're changing things up around the station. <laughs> wow. Thanks for listening. Hey, we'll catch you guys. Uh, hell, I'll try and get in next week. Maybe not. We'll see. There you go. One way or another, something will happen. I got to find time. So I got to work on that truck, and then I got to find time to watch the motorcycle races so I can do your job, too. It's not easy, George. I never paid. Hey, nobody ever said it was going to be. Good night. Good night.
Fuck the world. Fuck the world. Fuck the world. Fuck the world. anybody pull my strings. It said I'm going to control my own personal economy. It said I've got a dream I want to achieve. I want my children to have a choice of the kind of education that they want. That said I am the captain of my ship. That said I'm going to control my destiny and whatever it takes I'm willing to do the work. There was something in you that said, I've got to make this happen. There's something in you that said, there's a bigger life waiting for me, calling my name. There's something in you that says, I'm on my way to a greater life. I want you to remember three things. Number one, I want you to never be afraid to make a decision. Be decisive. Don't be afraid to fail. Be fearless. Number two, I want you to remember the power of you. You gotta feel that power. You gotta believe in that power. You have that power, trust me. And last but not least, number three, can't stop, won't stop. The most important element is for you to be able to do this, to be able to establish, most importantly, where you really are in your life today. Where are you? And where do you really want to go? What's going to create this extraordinary life? And to look at it brand new. Because some of you right now, if you continue the direction you're going, are going to be successful and unfulfilled, unhappy, and stressed. If I can change, then you can change. There are two reasons of why people are not successful. There are two All right. Thank you so much for listening to that and being with us on that wonderful, wonderful journey. Uh, ultimately, I'm trying to see if, can you hear me out there? Okay. This shit is tripping out. I'm still new at this, y'all. So that's why it's called Whoa Wednesday, too, because at times you guys are going to get woed. So I would like you guys to enjoy the motivation journey uh, along with every journey that we all incur together because life is a fucking roller coaster and nobody really has bipolar. It's more like undiagnosed bipolar or the system put way too much on it because people deserve to have their emotions along with emotions. Basically there's growth. Uh, is everything good out there? Okay, perfect. Just making sure. So we got, uh, along with that motivation, we got Tin in the house. Tin's going to tell you about himself in a little while, but he's a comedian in the Bay Area. Been doing comedy, I'm going to say, a, a little over a year now. He'll tell you about that. Uh, but ultimately, I want you guys to give a warm hand to Tin. Welcome, Tin. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, so much. Thank you for coming out. Uh, no, no, sit down. Sit down. You look amazing. You're outstanding people. Can you hear me out there? Everything cool? All right. Um, well, thank you, Aisha, for having me. 
It's a beautiful place you have here. Yes, I have been trying to do comedy for the last, um, last three years. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. You know, I, I started doing comedy because everybody would just always laugh at everything I said. I'd be dead serious. I, it'd be an emergency sometimes. Like, hey, man, I need to... Shit, my, my friend just got shot. I need to hurry up and get to the hospital. Can you please, can you please get me right? <laughs> like, what, what are you laughing at? What is so funny here? But um, it's a struggle, this comedy shit, man. It's not as easy as one would think. Ups and downs, highs and lows. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons. Oh shoot! From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians, bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRatio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, 
Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf. Hear what I'm saying to the fear inside you. Make your way, get your pay. What you gonna do with your time?
You're fearless, I know it. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. That was some music from Pamela Parker. You can check out what she's up to at PamelaParkerRocks.com. But we're here today. Today is Friday, March 1st. It's actually the first day of Women's Herstory Month. So uh, what better way to kick off than have uh, have someone, uh, the women's voice, uh, tell her stories. so my my guest today is Bernice Yee. Am I saying that right, Bernice? Yay? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Our, like a yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Bernice is in town. She is one of the visiting comedians um, who applied to be part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, which is starting today. So we are kicking it off on, on Women's Magazine, really, because women should always come first. Woo. I agree. <laughs> so Bernice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're visiting from Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. The Seattle area? Is that mm-hmm. where you... Yes. Yes. I live in Seattle now. Uh, I have been living there for 12 years. Yeah. But you're originally from China. I am. So I am made in China. <laughs> made in China. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of talk about how you, you know, kind of escaped and now you're... Uh, what? I want to hear a little bit of your story of, uh, you know, how how'd you, how'd you decide I need to, I need to get out of China and, and go to the... The United States. Uh huh. Because, um, so I say escape is not like I was a criminal. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, quotes, yeah, quote unquote escape. It's more of a joke, right? Yeah. yeah. But I was definitely a rebel. Um, I think um, living in China, like I got into not trouble but in a way that just like everybody is in your face trying to tell you what to what to do um and uh i think once i got exposure um to america i have always seen oh i want to be there i want to go there so a lot of time people ask me why do you come here oh my god you came here by yourself your parents your family are all in america um 
at the time when I came here, I I just like this is a dream. I did not miss my family. Um, good, my family didn't understand English, so they will never know this. I said that, <laughs> but I think it's in a way that I just want to be at a place to be who I am, to say what I want to say. Um, yeah, that's kind of what drove me to come here. That's really cool. Um, that and it is. It takes a lot of bravery to just say. See ya. Like, I'm going to go try this and try to make a new life for myself. Like, it's it really takes a lot. And um, you're, you you also write and contribute to this uh, kind of online magazine group, which we'll talk about a little more later, called mm-hmm. The Syndrome. And so I read your recent article about, you know, like basically having to be really sneaky with your boyfriends, even in, even in college, right? Yeah, even in college. <laughs> so, so has the uh, being uh, deceptive? Uh, how has that helped in your comedy? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just to kind of set a context of the deceptive or what s- sneaky means. So, even in college, like it's okay that you have a boyfriend, but you don't really let people see any public display affection, right? So like kissing, uh-uh, no, you don't. Like, And then kind of is an unspoken rule that you don't have sex. For some reason, I don't know, nobody says you cannot, but then like if you do, it's a big gossip. Like topic and so um, and we don't have any privacy. So in the dorm room, okay. So in our studio right now, it's bigger than a dorm room where six of us lived. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we live in bunk beds and we're like a whole bunch of adults, right? Um, and then like so that's the small space. And if and then they lock the dorm room every night at 9 p.m. and they shut the lights off. That's like prison. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Because you're shut in and you're shut out. Yeah. Right? And so it was the most prestigious like, university in, in China. It's not like a like kind of like a prison university. It's actually one of the best uh, universities. Um, so at that time, if you don't go back by 9 p.m., where are you? Mm-hmm. And gossip starts and just a lot of social pressure. Um, so the sneaky, has to, you have to find ways uh, you have to plan ahead. You may have to make a hotel reservation, but you cannot make under, like if I make a hotel reservation, it's too um, suspicious. Mm. <laughs> so you have to find an, an excuse. You have to set expectations with your roommates saying, that, oh, my parents are in town. Or like, you have to work hard. If I kind of, like, oh, I have to work at the lab all night. I couldn't come back. But you must have a deadline that you set, let everybody know already. You can't just all of a sudden have a deadline. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> It takes a lot of planning to... To plan a lie, yeah. <laughs> so, so is that like comedy? It takes um, a <laughs> in a way, I think it's more about when I create a situation. Mm. Um, like maybe there's exaggeration, maybe it's a fictional, but I have to make it believable. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of like, okay, this actually fits into my personality, fits into my, um, you know, like something I would do. It's not out of character. Oh, interesting. <laughs> subtle and smart. Yeah, but then, like, you know, like, it's not true. So, um, and you want to make people wonder, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when, how did you decide that you wanted to be a comedian and do stand-up? Like, how, and, and also, like, how did you develop your sense of humor? Like, have you always, like, just had the sense of humor and been funny? Or when, when, how did that kind of develop for you? Funny that you asked that because um, I invited one girlfriend that I have been friends with like 10 years and then like she came to my show and she said, oh my God, Bernice, you know, five years ago you told me 
I'm a very serious person. I am not funny. <laughs> um, I, so in a way, it's like it's not. I never, I, I never thought about become a comedian. Yeah. Um, but I watched so much like Netflix. Well, actually, back off a little bit. I started watching Netflix specials when I washed my face at nighttime. Um, but it takes so long to wash my face that watch so many Netflix comedy specials, <laughs> and then I realized that's how I think too. Because I realized comedians they have they have a different perspective. They have a different point of view. And for me, I'm an outsider, you know, whether when I was in China or when i here, I always feel like I have a different perspective because of my experience. So I know in the shower, I'm always thinking about all these funny, wacky thoughts <laughs> from my experience. Um, but I just didn't think about I can be one because English is not my first language. Um, to even be funny in the second language, I just feel like that's so hard. Um, but not until I saw Ellie Wong's first Baby Cobra special, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh my God, the, the things she thinks is funny, that's things I think about. And then all of a sudden, you do see somebody's more like you. You know, it's not a bunch of, you know, white guys talking about dick jokes. <laughs> right, because there's a lot of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it's all of a sudden, I want to be like that. I actually want, I have a voice, I want to be heard. Um, so um, I just, last year, I made a New Year's resolution that, you know what, I'm just do, going to um, do one open mic by the end of the year. Um, and then I signed up for a comedy class, uh, did a graduation show, I love it, and keep on doing open mic, and people asked me to be on their shows, and it's, wow, people want to hear about my story and my, my jokes and my sense of humor, yeah. So you've only done comedy, like actively done comedy for about a year now? Yeah. Right on. <laughs> and here you are in San Francisco. You applied to be part of the comedy festival. Pam Benjamin, you know, is like, fuck yeah, let's have Bernice A. She's oh great. <laughs> um, so that that's like another like amazing success story, right? Thank you. Yeah, and I think about it just incredible. I'm so grateful uh, for the opportunity. And also in a way that also I keep telling myself, um, 15 years ago when I came, I don't, I didn't speak English. Whoa. I didn't. I didn't know how to order a sandwich from Subway. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing too. Like, so I, I, I teach English as a second language. That's, that's my day job, you know, <laughs> the, here on the Mutiny Radio, you know, this is, this is my, my, my fun, my passion, you know, to talk to people and be inspired and, and hear people's voices and stories. But, you know, so I teach English, so I know how hard it is to I mean, English itself is a really hard language and mm -hmm. there's so many little things, little nuances and expressions. So how did you learn English? <laughs> um, so I guess there's, um, it's funny because um, when I came, I, we learned little English, um, like in school, in high school. And what they taught us is British English, but of course it's taught by a Chinese teacher. So basically is. British pronunciation with Chinese accent. <laughs> what does that sound like? Uh, um, looking forward to meet you. I, I cannot really do it quite right, but you know, like... You, you've evolved past that. Yeah. And then there's like, I would say tomato or how do you do um, some basic phrases. Um, and then the funny thing is in the... So, oh, 
when I first came here, I went to Purdue for um, graduate school to study computer science. Okay. Um, so in the school, there are inter other international students. I remember I went to this like international student like dance party, and there's this English guy. And you know, when I say tomato, and he's like, oh my god, where did you come from? And <laughs> so I think you know, I kind of I instantly clicked, and I you know I um so we actually started dating. Uh, so I think having somebody who speak English um, that clicked with you and then like we speak more English that definitely helped um, but also the funny thing is because I had a roommate she was Chinese we were from the same hometown oh, but wow. because our um, you know like our schedules are different um, so she always complained to the other Chinese um, students about I disturb her sleep. <laughs> so m my boyfriend at the time did not like that, right? So one time um, I, we have the English as a second language t training for teaching assistant. So we we're teaching assistant. Oh right, yeah. So you're you're in you're in a graduate pr program. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. So then okay. one of the assignment is like, um, you know, come up with a phrase a phrase that sounds. Dif like the meaning is different than the um, original how the words read mm -hmm. and then so she asked me and my boyfriend um, they, and then the the boyfriend gives a um, blowjob <laughs> it's so mean but she didn't know I didn't know so I actually didn't know and then so she went to the class and she gave the phrase blowjob and then <laughs> everybody just had the face palm and she was so embarrassed and she was pissed right so that started the war with me and the rest of the Chinese students oh no they disowned me oh no they blamed you <laughs> they blamed me so so I kind of I was being isolated from the rest of the Chinese student, mm -hmm. but in a way that kind of pushed me. All right, I'm going to make friends with international students, with my American friends. They they were really really nice to me. Um, so that's kind of. But in the meantime, like as I ask question, I'm just like, um, you know, at this point I came here. I'm just going to be shameless and ask questions. Um, so I ask anything that I don't understand, and my friends got a little impatient. Oh, Urban Dictionary, but. It's incredible. Urban Dictionary is like the, I don't know, that's kind of where I learned most of my English. <laughs> um. That's awesome. You know, it's funny because, you know, like, like students that I have now, they're yeah. like, I really want to improve my English. And like other teachers will say, you know, date somebody, you know, <laughs> like, go meet up with people. I always tell them that they should, um, <laughs> I always tell them a couple things. I'm like, you should go to a place where people are speaking English and just pretend like you're doing something else and just listen to their conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I, I tell them, I was like, go and ask somebody a question that you already know the answer to. Because then if you, you just practice asking the question and the answer is not important Oh, because then you can hear like somebody tell you like, Oh, go down that way. And you know, go straight ahead or go down this street, you know, like a little directions things. Like everybody has a map now, everybody's using Google maps or mm -hmm. whatever, but you know, I'm like, just go ask a question, but you already know the answer. That's so smart. I wish I knew that tip back then <laughs> <laughs> because I would be in conversation with my friend and, um, um, sometimes I just really got lost and then it's a, uh, it's hard. I just, I want to go home, but I just like, okay, stay with it. And a lot of time I 
actually really did not know what they were talking about. But even picking up something like I, it's helpful. Um, it took a long time. <laughs> so, uh, so you did you finish Purdue or did you change schools? How did you decide to to stay and how did you end up in Seattle? Mm, um, I was in the PhD program, so oh, wow. um, I did not finish that. So I was a I am a PhD dropout, but I um I. Once I remember, so in the middle, um, you can get a master's degree in between, and uh, I was applying for internship for the summer for Microsoft, and at the interview, my interviewer actually said, you know, you should also check that box for full time because it's the interview is actually easier. The reason his rationale was, um, you know, for intern you only have three months, so we want to make sure the interview you can you can really deliver, and then um, for three months period of time. But for time, we look more for potential. Mm. Um, so I checked that box. Um, they flew me to you know Seattle. I had they actually even did like an interview boot camp to teach you how to do interview. But the position I applied for was the program management, um, and then they definitely want your English to be better. Um, so I actually ended up didn't get a job. But from my background, they referred me to a different group, which is Xbox, and they actually flew me back again. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I um and I got that job. So um then I gotta face the decision and it's a full time position, wow. right? So do I just quit at this point and go to Seattle or do I continue to do PhD? Um and then the time I just feel like I I wanna get out of Indiana. Um I I can <laughs> Microsoft seems to be a, a good place to start my work and so I um, yeah I quit PhD I got my master's degree and I moved to Seattle Wow so Indiana and Seattle so those are the two places that you've actually lived in the US or yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm. so um, I I'm, do you prefer Seattle Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've actually never been to Seattle, but I imagine it to be a pretty cool place. I've definitely never been to Indiana. I'm from California. So like when we think about other states, we're like, they're over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, seriously, even though I like, you know, kind of educated and stuff, but, uh, it's always like what, Indiana. It's a, I, I think I could find it on a map. Maybe. Um, sorry, Indiana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you've been to San Francisco before. This is not your first rodeo in San Francisco. Uh, no, a lot. I've been here a lot. San Francisco is one of my favorite cities, um, and uh, I love it so much that I almost, almost moved here. But, uh, well, actually, s- just to say how serious I was, I got a job. That's why my cell phone is a 650. Samoteo, Erico. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I actually moved out of my, um, my place. I got all packed up, ready. I got a job offer. They gave me a relocation fee. And uh, so I started looking for an apartment. But it was so hard to look for a place in San Francisco. Before I find a place, the company went bankrupt. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I. <laughs> Great timing, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, and also because the job I was doing um, that required me to travel a lot, so I wasn't able to just like spend two weeks in San Francisco look for apartment. I was never really here, mm-hmm. and I learned the hard way that if you go to Craigslist, you say, "Hey, I'm interested in your apartment," nobody replies. Right? They don't mm. give a. <laughs> can I swear on the. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think they do this open house thing with like 20 people lined up with applications, and I wasn't able to do that. So um, it, I just never found an apartment. Um, and then there's other reasons, like um, for a Chinese uh, citizen. Um, 
if you want to go to any other country, you need a tourist visa. And uh, if I live in Seattle, we don't have consulate. So um, the nearest place is San Francisco. So I come to San Francisco a lot of times is because I need to apply for a tourist visa. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also I dance Argentine tango. And um, um, this is uh, San Francisco is one of the city, like the best place to dance Argentine tango. There's a lot of great dancers here. And there are a lot of more leaders um, in any other city in the U.S. I, I hope this is almost right. Um, there are way more followers than leaders, and San Francisco is the only place have more leaders. Wow. So where where do you do Argentine tango here? Like um, some of your favorite spots. I haven't been back here uh, for a while, but I know we went. I went to um, Berkeley. They have this all nighter thing. You dance all night until six a.m. Um, we do. San Francisco Tango Marathon um, in November. Oh, Every wow. November, there's a Tango Marathon. It's like dance until you drop. Uh, <laughs> um, I think he's actually might be close to the mission. He might not be far, um, but my area is a little bit like um, like my memory is a little bit uh, rough right now. So. That's okay, because he just came back into town last night. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I actually, I think I know someone who does the, goes to the Berkeley Tango. Oh. Um, she's like a substitute teacher at our school, but she's probably in her 70s, but she has more energy than like anybody else that I work with. We're always like, what's your secret? And she's like, I go dancing three nights a week. Yeah. <laughs> But you're actually, we're here at Mutiny Radio, we're here in the Mission District of San Francisco, and so you're going to be performing tonight as part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at the Mm -hmm. all-ladies show tonight at 10 p.m. So excited. But then you're going to be like a guest DJ here on Monday at noon doing some Argentine tango, right? Yes. Um, So I have um, three lovely ladies who also love dancing Argentine tango. They're here in San Francisco, so they're going to be my special guests. Um, So, you know, we're going to talk about what is really. Argentine tango debunk some very um, popular uh, misconceptions about Argentine tango. We're going to share some of our personal stories about uh, some of our struggles and, and funny and embarrassing moments. Um, and then, you know, for example, there's something specific about San Francisco. In the tango community, we call it Man Francisco. <laughs> Man Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> kind of related to like why there are so many leaders. Um, you know, of course, we now that women can lead a Choir tango is very popular, so it's all all gender, all inclusive, but there's just a lot of more men in general in this area. And then we also call it babe area, so instead of <laughs> bay area. Because, <laughs> like, you know, like all the, all the um, dancers here, like, we're all babes, you know, because there's so many guys lined up want to dance with. You know? <laughs> nice, nice. Every, everyone's dance card is full, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so let's take a little musical break. Mm-hmm. And then when we come back, I want to talk to you about um, your experiences in this past year, doing comedy, being a female comedian, and then some of your work with the, the syndrome, mm-hmm. which sounds really cool. So everyone, you're listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. This is a special part of the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival that's happening March 1st. That's today through March 5th. So there's 50 comics, 26 shows, five days, 
Shows are 10 bucks a piece. To go on our, our website, mutinyradio.fm, you can find the, the uh, festival page and see all the different amazing uh, topics of the different shows, different themes um, that you can get in on and have a good time with. So I'm going to play a little music from this uh, a local artist. Her name's Renee Asteria, and this is called Illegal.
You are listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. We are streaming live around the planet from the Mission District of San Francisco, right here in the corner of 21st and Florida. We are kicking off the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival running today, March 1st through March 5th, um, with Bernice Ye, who is in town visiting from the Seattle, Washington area, um, and is going to be part of tonight's uh, big showcase at 10 p.m., the All Ladies Comedy uh, uh, lineup, um, and also a couple different shows, uh, throughout the festival, which we can talk about, you know, we'll run through them towards the end and make sure people know when they could come in and, and catch you live, uh, in the act. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk to you, this is women's magazine. So we want to talk about what it's like being a female comedian. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, it's uh, definitely very, very intimidating. Um, cause I remember when I first showed up to my very first open mic, um, before, um, the venue opened, people line up and people show up and it's like everybody, I mean, in, in Seattle, we're already very white. So everyone is a white dude. <laughs> and then, so I feel like this is even worse than my, you know, computer science um, graduate school, you know, 10 years ago, you know, it, I was maybe one of the girls of the 40 students, but at least I know computer science. But, you know, for comedy, I am new, nobody knows me. Um, and then, you know, like, but everybody else know each other. So I feel definitely this being judged immediately and then nobody came to really say hi and introduce myself and then when I reach out to say hi it's just this very awkward interaction you just feel like okay I should go now <laughs> well I, I'm thinking that they, they they may just be naturally awkward a little bit and they're probably like who's that pretty lady you know like I don't know how to talk to her is she gonna be funnier than me oh my god my ego um, so but you did it you jumped up and, and did comedy Comedy stand up for the first time, and um, you actually sent me. I think you sent me the video of that, and you were funny. Like people <laughs> responded, you were like successful in your first go. Oh, thank you, thank you. It definitely takes a lot of work. The, the video you saw is that's um, you know um, November, so that's probably nine months into the time. I've definitely had a time when when I had to open my just like, oh, I just want to find a place to hide. Um, so it, it takes a lot of work. And I also have to say, in my very first few open mic, I remember one time I go to this place called um, Comedy Underground. I showed up. I have no idea how that mic works, and there's a bunch of do's line up but one lady um her name is uh, chelsea toll if she ever listened to this that's when we first met and she's like oh i just moved here ladies got to watch out for each other and she said take this she gave me two dollars because the at the club if you drop in two dollars a donation you have a higher chance to get on the list oh wow so okay. like it, it, that's so helpful to have somebody to give a newbie a tip to like and it's like somebody should tell no we, we got each other and i feel like that really meant a lot to me 
um, and the same day the open mic I went up actually I guess I was actually funny that day even though that's my like first open mic and then another lady uh, her name is Aisha and she reached out to me and said hey you're funny you should come out to this open mic I am producing uh, it's called Comedy Nest um, it is a female focused uh, uh, comedy open mic you should come so you know like I feel like there's people really helped me and embraced and gave me that courage to uh, keep going even though I was very intimidated that's excellent and that's up in Seattle right yeah yeah how cool so you're also working uh, now now you've kind of even like taken this further um, with this group that you're working with called the syndrome mm-hmm. so tell us about the syndrome how did you f- connect with them and what are some of the different things that that this group does sure I mean guess how they found me Ah, they found you. At open mic. Ah, <laughs> they were scouting. <laughs> so, um, I, actually, our uh, one of our editor, um, um, Betsy Hunt, and she uh, went to, she also took a comedy class from one of the comedy um, club that's doing open mic. So, I was there at open mic. They, sh- they were in the audience. I did not know. Um, I come back down, and she just sneaked a, a card and said, hey, I work at this magazine. Talk to me. She disappeared. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I emailed her back, and follow up and then they were like oh we really like your stuff um what if you know get on a call we see if you want to be a writer on our central magazine and that's how we get connected to each other and then when they told me the story of the central magazine i was like wow this is amazing because the the magazine wasn't started in the u.s they actually started in italy Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then like when they started, the, the vision is just like, you know, we want to talk about women, talk about gender equality, t- talk about women's rights um, f- through humor. Yeah, because that's probably the best way to get people to 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 recon, you know, reconcile and understand a different perspective. And the magazine took off in Europe. Like actually, um, they, they encountered the success that more than they anticipated. Wow. And yeah. wh- when was that? Uh, um, like, how long have they been around? Do you know? They have been, I have to look because like, I feel I cannot. Um, That's okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm asking bad questions right now. <laughs> no, no, but. no worries. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know it has been around a few years. And our founder in the Seattle chapter, uh, Sylvia, and she um, was born and raised in Italy. She moved to Seattle area and she wants to bring that to to Seattle so that's how we um, started the US chapter yeah awesome yeah so if you guys are out there listening the syndrome mag.com or you can find them on Facebook too and Instagram I'm sure so all, all over the place this multimedia social media world um, but that's really cool because I feel like when you have the the topic of whether you want to call it feminism or just to like you know, address, um, gender inequality. Um, it can be a really hard subject for people to talk about because they can, they can be very serious. Mm -hmm. It can be very emotional. It can kind of turn people off. You know, they're like, Oh, you know, whatever people can, you know, women complaining again, you know, but like to do it in a humoristic, like a, like in a funny way, like kind of like cuts through some of that, like, Oh, we don't have to be so serious to really address some real things that are going on. Yeah, because you don't want to turn a topic into tabooed, right? Like I think how many times we we have to take that sexual harassment training video at work, you are obligated to watch it, but then like in the end, you just like, okay, I'd better not talk about this now. But on the contrary, um, I'm going to quote uh, Sarah Silverman because she, uh, she said, if it's mentionable, it is mentionable. 
manageable. Mm. I think I found that just so inspiring. It's like yeah, if you want to manage, you got to talk about it. Like you any issues, the worst is just hold it like inside and you don't talk about it. And I think the humor opens that. Like that channel opens the conversation、uh, instead of just shutting down. Let's just be serious. Let's just hide to walk away from the topic. Yeah. So the so the syndrome mag, which is an online magazine, right?、Mm -hmm. um, but also, it's also a group that's it's it's a nonprofit, and you're basically part of a, a group of consultants, right? Like、mm -hmm. like. Like people who who are affiliated with the syndrome will actually go into workplaces and do like comedic skits to like point the stuff out.、This、Have you is, been、yeah. a part of that? Yeah, a little bit. Like so,、um, this is a new initiative we started.、Um, so we want to work with because there are so many tech companies in Seattle. I'm sure there's way more in San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, same same. <laughs> um, so the the idea is instead of just like watching those videos, and so we actually collaborate with. The Company to see, you know, to learn a little bit about their culture, what people's you know minds is, and then we write comedy sketch, scenario sketch, and then we hire、um, professional actor actress to act it out. And so in the audience, you are like watching. So, oh yeah, that happens, and but you are able to see how this whole thing played out.、Um, I persist. I participated in some of the comedy sketch writing scenario because some of them are just like, you know, I was. Like I live through that, right? Like、yeah. I'm one of the women in tech.、Um, so you know, even for example, going to a conference, you just got hundreds of men. You got like three women there. Like eating lunch, you got the guys sitting on that side, and then you feel like. Even for the woman, it's awkward. Three people, you just feel like we're obligated to say hi to each other. And you go to the bathroom, like there's just two of you, <laughs> and it's a line of men, you know. So there are some scenarios that everybody they understand, but they like. I think in the more zoomed in story, you see the internal state, and you see how awkward for that person is.、Mm. And、um, you know, we also, for example, at in a meeting, right? Like, you know, how women being cut off, or then all of a sudden we have the women to wear a different mask of like with mustache and then like same voice to say. It just you hear it very very differently.、Um. <laughs> that I love that. I think that's such a great way to to point stuff out.、Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, those dry like you must watch the sexual harassment video, and of course they make things in those like really obvious,、yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually, but the subtle things are what it's like. I think it's coming out more and more about the subtleties and and the things that people aren't even like you know paying attention to or aware of. They think you know they they don't even think about it, right?、Mm -hmm. um, it, it's funny when you talk about the the men's room and the ladies' room. So my my. Uh, my little funny story about that is many years ago. Now I was working for a catering company, so I was、mm -hmm. I was bartending at an event here in San Francisco, and it was Apple's、um, like annual、uh, employee appreciation party, right? So it's this big like kind of outdoor park、mm -hmm. down downtown, and、um, <laughs> I mean it was like thousands of men, <laughs> thousands and thousands of men, and all of the drinks were free. Mm. Right, it was just like it was employee appreciation. So we were literally standing there. We had this huge bar with eight bartenders, and these guys would stand like like ten feet away and like 
look at us and, oh. and so awkwardly and we're like, come on, like, come on. It's okay. Yeah. Like, come get a beer, you know? And, and it was, it was kind of a lame party anyway, because like they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't like let us put a tip jar out. Like they didn't want them to like think that they had to like any more pressure. I'm like, okay, I get why they didn't want to pressure them anymore. Cause it was very socially awkward I saw three women that night out of like probably like 3000 men. Mm -hmm. And one of them was definitely somebody's girlfriend, you know? <laughs> so I actually made a friend that night. There was a, another person who was bartending that night and we left at the same time. And, uh, we went to the, to the bathrooms and we saw this big line of men. Yes. And so we heckled them in line. We're like, now, you know what it's like, <laughs> da, 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 da. you get the treatment now. And then we got to the women's room and there was a security guard there saying, oh, I'm sorry, you can't go in. And we're like, what? what do you mean? And they're like, well, we had to let some men into the to the women's room we're like oh no 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 we're going in yeah like that doesn't happen the other way around that's right they don't that's open right. the men's room for the ladies who are waiting yeah. there so it was i know what you're talking about <laughs> you go girl <laughs> Yes, it's one time. No, you're not taking that away from us, right? <laughs> That's right. I don't care if there's men in there. We're going to the bathroom. It's the ladies' room. You know, and of course, that was before the even, like, the whole, like, you know, all-gender bathroom conversation was, was even in play. But uh, it was just, yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, so seeing that played <laughs> out, right, and to remind them, like, let's look at this moment all together, and then they can talk about it afterwards. I think, actually, you know, it's a different approach. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're writing sketches for them. Sometimes you're participating in the sketches, uh, but you're writing for the, the magazine part. Mm -hmm. So um, you want to talk a little bit about some of the topics that you've written about? Sure. Yeah. So I think in, um, I started, what is my first, about chopsticks? <laughs> oh, I guess maybe, uh, I think it's just me being, a, I feel like outsider sometimes. I'm not necessarily kind of have the sense of belonging, just, just my experience are different. Um, so I kind of want to bring in, explain stereotype and challenge how you look at the stereotypes, right? So I think there are things like I don't fit into the stereotype and there are things like people expect out of me. Um, I don't do that. But there's also, I think the stereotypes are there for a reason. I want people to look at something that's not so foreign because, hey, I came to this country. I don't know anything. Of course, I'm going to look very clueless. But if you go to China, you would be. Right? <laughs> so I kind of want you to kind of break that, you know, share a different perspective. Um, the first bit I talk about is how I don't really know how to hold my chopsticks. <laughs> As a Chinese, you're kind of expected to know. Um, and uh, the thing is, um, I kind of, I hold my chopsticks, I can use it, but I hold it like a pencil. Like, I don't know how to do the chopstick wrapper instruction thing. Like, most of the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of the Americans are masters of it, but I'm, but then it's not just me. Most of the, the natural, like, uh, native-born Chinese people hold the same way. So, there's, like, you know, times, like, I go to a restaurant with, like, 10 other Chinese people, and with my white boyfriend. He's the only one. He's teaching everybody how to use chopsticks. <laughs> it's hilarious. You know? But then, like, I I would just got me think why why is that right and then I realized we have to learn how to use traps when we were so young our hands are so little I can't figure it out there's no way I can use it the, the the official way and so we all were forced to figure out one way or another mm -hmm. um, and then um, you know but then like 
our parents are different. They they just use their hands when they're little, so they learn as adult as well. Cause like China was so poor, you're just fighting, you're just grabbing food. <laughs> so those are the things. Like, you know, it, I think that's my kind of my first piece. Um, not to give away everything. Right. Um, and then the second one is actually personal. Uh, it matters a lot to me. It's about like uh, uh, Asian eyes, small Asian eyes, and then I think. Um, if you were born and raised in Asia, like you know, this Asians are obsessed with this double double eyelid. You're nodding. Yeah, no, I know. I had to learn when I started teaching English. They're like, do you have one single eyelid or double eyelid? And I had to be like, what? Like <laughs> just even the term, you know. But I know what you mean. It's like having the like crease on your eye. Right. right? The- yeah. Yeah. So we're very obsessed with that. And then so um, plastic surgery to do that is very very popular. And then to a point, it's really like. Um, your parents were like, oh, you, if you want to find a job, you need that. You mm. need that. So girls were almost expected, like, when you're done with high school, that's when you get it. Uh- <laughs> well, there's a lot of that in Southern California, too, like, like given, like, oh, congratulations, you graduated from high school. You get your you get your boob job. You get your nose job. And you're like, you're eight. This is an 18-year-old girl. Like, yeah. Why are you, like, totally transforming your body in some way that's, like, permanent? Yeah. Know? Yeah, and also, like, growing up, my entire family always like, oh, you're so smart, but your eyes are so small. <laughs> so, you know, they were nice. just <laughs> shaming, like, yeah. the small eye from the very early on. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I was just, like, always freaked out about that. I was also kind of very self-conscious about my eyes. So I figured, oh, what if I wear glasses? Because my mom was oh your eyes will might look a little better with glasses so i came up with this idea so oh you know i need to wear glasses i'm going to pretend or i am a good student but i'm a good student and i'm of course i'm nearsighted right so (laughs) i told my (laughs) the the classic nerd kind of look right right so i told my moms i can't see i cannot read the 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 chalkboard like you you have to take me to see a doctor and then so at the at the prescription they do this like computerized the prescription test and my eyes were fine Oh. And I said, no, no, no. So like when they do the menu test, I just pretend I can't see anything. <laughs> I just add on, add on. I got wow. the thickest prescription oh ever. God. I got like a 400, right? Like is it next to 400 or 4.0? Yeah, 4.0. Yeah, yeah, 4.0. So like as a little kid, I have perfect vision. I was wearing this like glasses every day. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of that, that keenly applied deception, right? To, yeah. to make things work. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, what what does your family think of this? Like, do they know how much? Like, do they know about your comedy, your budding comedy career? Like, what do you tell them about your life now? <laughs> it's hard because there's no stand-up comedy in China. Um, it's a because you know think about the topic and things we really talk about. Mm. Like, you don't you you don't talk about stand-up comedy. Um, I think there's comedy sketches and in, in China. So usually you have two characters. They talk about the kind of funny scenarios but never is about issues racy edgy opinions that I think it's not about to evoke mm-hmm. thoughts it's never about that um, but my mom um, I think she she's proud like my parents are proud of me for doing this um, they don't really know exactly because I want to share a video with my parents I can't even share that because um, if sending Google 
uh, video, like oh. Google Photo, YouTube, is all blocked in China. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. cannot see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very difficult. Like, you know, for stand-up comedy, they don't understand English. So I kind of send um, little clips through WeChat. That's very popular for their own messenger. Interesting. So they can get a sense of what looks like if there's a crowd sharing nothing. They're, oh, okay, they like her. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I'm but they cannot you... understand. R- yeah. Right, right. Well, that, sometimes that's okay, right? It's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, wow. So you're really, you're really breaking down a lot of barriers um i'm just i'm so glad that you're here and that we get to be you know here on the show today on women's magazine um do you have any uh advice for women out there girls whatever uh who want to do stand-up comedy um i i will say like i think um now like believe believe in yourself um because a lot of times people told me like um Oh yeah, no, you gotta pay your dues, and you have at least you gotta suck for the first five, ten years, and don't even ask to be this opportunity. But I think you know, just be bold, and then um, you never know. Don't let what pre-exists to stop you. What you think you can do, um, because if I were to do that, I would not even apply for Mutiny Radio Festival. But who is to say so? I cannot be on it. I have to first make the move. And then let them decide. So um, that's definitely something I will say. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bernice Ye, you're totally inspiring and <laughs> such like great energy, and you're really funny. And I know that people are going to come out to Mutiny Radio um, for your show tonight at ten, which mm-hmm. is like the that is that's that's like Pam. That's the uh, all ladies. That's the all ladies show. That's kind of like the, the 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 headliner for the night, right? Woo! Why not? <laughs> Pam, why don't you come in here for a second? This is Pam Benjamin. She's our station director, and she's been working her ass off um, to put together the uh, festival, the comedy festival, for four years now. Yeah. Pam, thanks for thanks for hooking us up here. Thank you so much. I was I wasn't even looking really for like for the years past. I really was trying to focus on having uh, multiple genders and and multiple people represented uh, from all genders and specifically women, and then all and trying to be specifically multicultural. But I was telling Bernice this year. just pick the funniest people and it just happens to be incredibly diverse and multicultural and that we have almost as equal amount of men and women both involved in the festival and I wasn't even trying I was just like you just pick the funny people yeah and the word got out (laughs) (laughs) so I'm I'm stoked that um, people are willing to travel from all over the U.S. to come be here at Mutiny Radio, and that's really exciting to me. So, yay! Awesome. Well, such I'm, an honor. Yeah. Oh, this is so cool, um, and it's really fun to be a part of. So, uh, Bernice, welcome back to San Francisco. Thanks, Pam Benjamin, for for setting this up so that we could have this. Uh, really great conversation and uh, give everyone a little bit uh, a little insight into into Bernice's uh, sense of humor sensibility and her her really inspirational stories so um, I'm going to leave you with this one thing Uh, it's a little bit of a teaser so so Bernice gave me this this uh, refrigerator magnet Mm -hmm. and it's a it's 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 a pink bunny and it says sick pets make strong children (laughs) so you'll have to come and listen uh, come 
hang out at Mutiny Radio and listen to the live show. Um, tonight, uh, the All Ladies Show, we're here at 2781 21st Street here in San Francisco, 94110, if you need to know that as zip code. Um, but we're at the corner of 21st in Florida in the Mission District. Come out. There's going to be shows um, throughout the week. There's going to be five full days of um, showcases, various hilarious themes. Um, each show is 10 bucks. Uh, you can pre-buy your tickets online on the website, mutinyradio.fm. Uh, there's a, there's a specific link you can click and see all the different shows that are happening. Um, Bernice, you're going to be tonight at 10. And then mm-hmm. what are your other, um, shows? Um, I have two shows on Sunday. So, um, 8 PM, um, dysfunctional family and 9 PM, um, um, fur babies are better than real babies. <laughs> <laughs> Monday, I have two podcasts. The one is on like every day about races, and, uh, and at noon we're going to talk about Argentine tango. Um, Tuesday at 5 p.m., I have uh, one show. I will be in the show, uh, comedy show, um, dating a comic. Oh, fun. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much, Val. Yeah. We're wrapping up here. Women's magazine. Um, just remember just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like I'm going to leave uh, communist China and go to the U S and become a really funny lady saying funny, important things. Hey, inspiration is contagious. So peace and thank you. And we'll play another song here from Pamela Parker because she does in fact rock. This song's called pedal to the metal. And I think it's going to play. we
Yes, House of Pride Radio coming at you live from San Francisco, California. I'm your host, Tweaker Turner. It's always a pleasure to host the show, giving it out to you guys with love. And we were just listening to a new pod from DJ Freeze over in the Midwest somewhere. I can't remember what city she lives in. Somewhere cold and icy. Uh, but thank you, DJ Freeze, for that warm-up. We have a live show for you today, folks, and we're going to get right into it because we have two guests ready to go. Uh, the start gate is about to open up with uh, Elsa. Elsa Tuche. Hi. Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me, Tweeka. It's so glamorous here. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Here, let's make it more glamorous with this bling ring. Here Ooh, you go. thank you. Can I keep it? Oh, good God. Yes, you no, can. No, you already lost it. <laughs> <laughs> thank um, you. It's folks nice listening to, to us, so you have to use your imagination. But uh, It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and sitting beside you, the reigning uh, Duke, uh, Grand Duke of Alameda, Contra Costa County, Incorporated. Mr. David Bracamontes. Radio listeners, you can't see me, but I'm curtsying right now. Good job. <laughs> I'm glad you remember how, now that you're over on this side of the bay. David, you're a <laughs> constellation prize for joining us today. Is either another bling ring or a drink ticket to the Wild Side West? Uh, I'll take both. Oh, that wasn't enough. Uh, oh, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here, you can have both. Royalty what? You are royalty. Welcome, folks. Welcome. You have so much. So today's show, the theme is local luminaries, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my Ooh. goodness. Local luminaries. It's been oh, some time so who's coming? Since we've had <laughs> some local talent here on the air. But if anyone listening to us has questions and wants to join in on the fun, do it on Facebook in real time or call us here right here in the live studio. We are in a radio station in the mission. The phone number is 415-550-0511. Do call and chat with us. So, Elsa, I know you are on a tight schedule so what was, what was the next word gonna be <laughs> i didn't know <laughs> let's get into your story now you're coming fresh off of um a uh, successful i just uh, finished a sh i just finished a show it was uh without you i'm nothing in drag which was an all drag uh parody slash tribute to um the one woman movie by sandra bernhardt of the same name it was, yes. we actually had to, to remount it because the first time we were running it, we didn't honor some tickets because of, it was when the campfires were happening. So some people couldn't make it because the air quality was so bad in the city. So we wanted to have a second run of the show to honor some of those tickets. And also a lot of people just really wanted to see it and then couldn't, couldn't see it the first time. So did David, were you one of the, did you go to the first show? Why are you calling me out like that? He did not. <laughs> David did not come to see it, but he can redeem himself by coming to see the next show I'm working on. On. Yes, is that Murder She Wrote? It's Murder She Wrote in Drag. Oh my gosh. Kids, you are not going to want to miss this. Where it's is our soundboard? Wait, uh, speak that horn. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. There you go. Thank you. That, that's so, the extent of our sophistication. You've got to come see Murder, She Wrote, and Drag. I'm so excited about this. So this is something I'm working on. I'm a co-producer with um, Sugar Beaties and Intensive Claire. We basically have taken taken an episode of Murder, She Wrote and added some spice to it. But we're leaving the script very much as it is because the script is ridiculous as it is anyway. And we are adding a couple drag numbers to make it a drag show. Drag numbers that kind of move the plot along because 
Murder, She Wrote only lasts like 40 minutes, the episode, so it needed some spice. It's going to be hilarious. I am laughing every time me and Sugar and Claire meet to discuss it. It's got some, got a great cast. We open April 12th, at Piano Fight, and then run uh, for four weekends. All right. Now, Piano Fight is sort of like a new like place to launch your your show it's been around for a few years but they have been and they do all sorts of theater events they have two black box theaters and they have been really welcoming to the drag performance community they have drag shows in their bar area and they've just been super excited to have a lot of the uh, drag theater stuff that we've been working on there in their black box. How like, would you uh, describe the space that if, if folks come to see? It's like, it's basically a bar and then you walk past the bar and there's a whole theater with 92 seats. That's, 92 it, seats? Yeah, it's a great little theater. It's really, really nice. Anyone, I mean, I mean the, the biggest show that we've done there and I was a performer in this was uh, the dra- the last run of drag um, Hamilton which was kind of, it's, it was a, a big hit and a lot of people came to see us there. So if you went to see Drag Hamilton, you probably saw it at Piano Fight. Now that did, was with Cruz and Delu, wasn't it? Cruz and Delu and Sugar Beaties were the producers of that one, and I was I was lucky. I got to perform in that, and a couple of shows last summer while Cruz and was on vacation, I got to fill her giant shoes in her role. <laughs> <laughs> did you have to stuff the shoes? Um, yeah, I basically lived in them for a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one room studio. <laughs> yeah, it is in San Francisco. I charge seventeen hundred bucks a month for it now. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so, folks, once again, uh, so it's in production now, and right. folks can buy tickets when? Pro- folks can buy tickets now, and I recommend that they do. They're actually selling really fast. We were kind Ooh. of nervous, like, how is this going to go? Do people want to see Murder, She Wrote in drag? Honey, they do. So that's good news for us. Um, you can there's buy only tickets. 92 seats, folks. So <laughs> go, where do we go to get those tickets? Uh, you can get them at <laughs> pianofight.com and also on uh, eventbrite.com. And uh, more information also, you can find me on Facebook and at Elsa Touche, and then uh, get your tickets that way. So there's lots of ways to get tickets david bracamontes <laughs> i'm staring at him like you better come see my show well i mean if you were filling in for cruising then i was probably with her somewhere else <laughs> I, I thought she I was with like her I, husband in europe honey uh, you know you know what's so strange is like when i was coming in the door here to the station i saw cruise and drive by I, I swear she wasn't on her way here <laughs> not. where is she going i don't know Dick, Dick. we never ask we never ask <laughs> she, she's tricking right now but she'll be in later yeah <laughs> Um, well, um, gee, I would think like the Dougal court, because Cruzan's the, the um, Dougal princess. She's, she's the, the reigning grand duchess. Ra- reigning grand duchess. Um, they get comped in, uh, Elsa, I would think. No, they charge no. us double. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, my local mm. ro- my local royalty might get some comps because I'm actually a member of the San Francisco. I used to be a member of the Alameda Contra Costa Ducal Court, and they, they will always have my heart. Yeah, we're talking were- about Alameda, the island. Al- it's Alameda County, oh, Alameda okay. and, and Contra Costa County. County. It's a huge. You guys have a huge realm. It's gi- it's land. ginormous. That yes. ginormous realm. Yeah, yeah, it's quite um, large. It, that's what they say about David Bracamontes. We do my best. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, um, well, actually, you wanted to touch base on that's not all you're doing. Wait, folks, wait. I have an announcement to make. You are coming here uh, with your own crown. 
I am. So I recently won the uh, Miss California Gold pageant, which earns me a title in the San Francisco Ducal Court. So I'm really honored and excited to now spend a year of service uh, in the San Francisco Marin San Mateo realm. Yeah. As part of the SF Ducal Court. Yeah, it was it was a it was a, a real honor. I'm very honored to have one and have another crown to add to my collection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was there one point during the competition where you you knew or you felt that you could have the crown? Uh, the competition was very fierce. I never felt secure. I was surprised. I actually cried a little bit. Um, yeah, the competition was much prettier than me, all of them. I'm going to just come out and say that. So I, I'm, I'm surprised as anybody that I won, honestly. I'm, yeah. No, thank oh, you. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. That's not what it sounded like. It was more like, <laughs> So wasn't there a dress out of condoms? Yes, there's a creative dress portion to Miss California Gold where you have to make a dress out of unconventional materials. Oh, like duct tape, for example. I made mine out of... Condoms. What color? Uh, well, it depended on whether they were used or not. Oh, most of them were not used. Good most job. of them. Um, yeah, it was. Be- and it actually underneath the the lights, the fluorescent lights, condoms are quite beautiful. Iridescent. <laughs> yeah, they're sort of iridescent and very pretty. You use the like the um, natural like skin tone ones? No, no, no. I had to use, I used, uh, I used latex ones, unlubricated obviously because yeah. that dress was made of latex condoms and glue. Did you yeah. like split them open or were they just hanging? Just, I, I, some of them were rolled up and oh. so that made like a nice little decoration Circle. area. Yeah. yeah. And then others were unrolled and it made this sort of like very shimmery, pretty fabric almost. It was pretty. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying that when you walked out in that dress, you didn't know at that moment like the crown was yours no i, mean, I, I saw those photos and i was like I was it's actually, yours it's i done. was really nervous because as i was walking <laughs> i could hear fuck, fuck, the condoms like falling off the dress and hitting them like fuck, oh, some fuck. Of them are... i was like oh shit i'm losing condoms as i yeah. go and then i'm like Marauding i'm just gonna pretend condoms. this was intentional this is what i meant to do and at least you, thank god you didn't slip on one in your stilettos yeah well there are platforms but <laughs> yes platforms. like a lot of, yeah so much of but, my drag is pretending that something that was a terrible act Accident was what I meant to do. Again, you were smart enough to not lose, use the lubricated condoms, <laughs> and so Glide you didn't slip on one. anything. <laughs> oh yes, right. that dress. Well, you'll see that dress. Hopefully, I'll be. Well, hopefully, I'll we'll have a chance to wear that dress again. One can't say you weren't well protected after the show if you got lucky after you won. Absolutely. Oh please, <laughs> I never get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> there she is. California Gold Thank 2019. You. Thank you. Yes, I'm so I, I'm just really I'm just really honored and touched and tickled, and I'm really looking forward to my year of of uh, service with the SF Ducals. Yeah, yeah. Well, so does that pageant marriage some of the things that the Ducal Court's doing? Uh, the the so winning the pageant earns you a place within the Ducal Court, uh-huh. and part of that and that comes with responsibilities such as organizing and hosting a fundraiser during during your 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 year reign and you know of course attending other fundraisers and performing and so basically it's a it's a fundraising and philanthropic role so you what what you win is the honor and also the opportunity to do a lot of work for your community isn't that nice that's not so nice that's, <laughs> that's very nice and you know um folks listen because most of us know the the um what the Google court system is about and the um imperial court system uh at the core the foundation you guys are, are a fundraising organization and they folks they raise a lot of money for some really incredible causes 
Uh, David, maybe you can expand on that a bit. Yeah, definitely. So I do want to say that we are very fortunate here in the Bay Area to have four organizations representing the international court system. So San Francisco has an imperial court and a ducal court, and then Alameda Contra Costa County has also an imperial and ducal court as well. And so the the idea of it's not just uh, Elsa swimming across the bay back and forth with her crown on. We actually do have four different 501c3s in the Bay Area choosing to raise money for the charities of their choice. And we use it in that camp way, exactly like Elsa said. We come up with these titles, and we either have really serious, hardcore, hard-hitting pageants where the contestants wear condom dresses, and <laughs> or we have really fun uh, camp titles like Grand Duke and Grand Duchess. Uh, so, and the heads of state, the emperor and empress, the duke and duchess, select the charities of choice in the focus for the year. And so we get to dictate uh, what charities we're looking to raise money for in our county and how we're going to go about doing that. That could be with a fundraising title. That could be with the monthly event. That could be selling cruising on the corner. We just like to do that. It's fun. <laughs> um, so any of those things are options for us as, as a fundraising entity. And we have amazing years of service with that. For us in Alameda, we've been around uh, over 30 years now. This is the 27th reign. And uh, San Francisco just celebrated its 54th coronation for the Imperial Council, which is the mother court, the founding organization of the Imperial Council. Yes, sir. And so here you are, um, halfway through your reign of of your your uh, um, crown. Your yeah. um, What um, uh, what um, not organizations, but what causes have you uh, chosen this year? Yeah, definitely. So it's been amazing to reign. First of all, with Cruz and Delu. Yes, let's hear it for Cruz and Delu. Yeah, right. She brought all the comedy. Slow class. No, I love Cruz. You watch. You'd be nice to Cruz, and she may come in here and. Oh gosh! Oh, I know. You should see what she has in her purse. Coming. There's a bathroom right there, so she might be close by. That is true. I think her name's on there. Right. Probably. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So beyond the amazing energy and personality that Cruzan brings to the stage and does and everything else, we had near and dear to our hearts that very similar uh, focus of the year and really focusing on mental health. uh, Something that our community really struggles with is something that we wanted to focus on. And we have two amazing pride centers in the East Bay. Uh, Contra Costa County has the Rainbow Community Center and Oakland has opened its first LGBTQ center um, last year. And we are donating our funds towards both those organizations who do amazing work with youth, uh, the mental health services in the area, and then also just outstanding outreach to the community in terms of uh, food, providing food to the community, um, and other resources as such. So that's what we're really focusing on. And then our biggest thing, too, beyond the fundraising charity aspect of it, is really growing the court in the East Bay, really making helping everyone realize that we are here, um, not just in the Bay East, uh, the this side of the Bay, um, over in San Francisco, and people like Elsa and uh, Royal Grand Duchess Sister Annie helped us do that. And we're just kind of keeping that tradition going yes <laughs> uh, so here we are um, what is the next fundraiser the next fundraiser is actually this Saturday Yay. and it is a combined event with the Alameda Imperials and the Ducals um, so we have Cruz and Delu and they have Lady Carla Lady Carla is uh, f- uh, Empress of theirs and they're 
president of their board currently, and they are doing Battle of the Seas. Oh, that sounds fun. I Battle of the Seas. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what C really stands for. Yes, why not? Uh, you, oh, I think they mean Carla and Cruzen, but I really thought it meant something else. Oh, I, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. I mean, I Carla you, and Cruzen. How do you spell it? It just says CC. It just says CC. Uh, I don't Battle know. Of the C's. Cruzen and Carla. Yeah, that's this, what it means. Yeah. With some innuendo. Yeah. So I'll just let you all know that when Lady Carla came and did our first fundraiser, uh, she made sure that she gave Cruzen some of her own medicine, and she brought a really dirty, raunchy number, and they have asked all of the performers to bring their most dirty outrageous numbers to this fundraiser so it's going to be great it's march 2nd five dollar cover this saturday this saturday at the white horse at the white horse which is in oakland that's in an oakland. old venue that's been around for some time yeah and i'll just plug the sf ducal's next fundraiser which is saturday march 9th at the edge it's their monthly beer bust and fundraiser starts at four o'clock they're super fun drag shows jello shots <laughs> beer bust at the edge what Maybe more do you not want say, we always it's like it's an endorsement we have to say jello shots yes <laughs> i mean i mean i can't eat jello shots but i hear they're fabulous yeah but well two great venues to visit folks to come out and learn more about what these great fundraising organizations are all about and if you're interested get involved yes please do yes uh, the more the merrier yeah so um the white horse is saturday and sunday. the edge on saturday the night saturday. the night the yeah. net the following saturday yeah god you guys it just it's like uh you never stop there's it, always it there's stops. always there's always a super fun Ducal or Imperial event to attend. Yes. Every always. weekend there's something fun to do. I saw yeah. something on Facebook where it was like the Ducal Court Facebook page. Is that where p people should go to learn like more about your organizations? There's the Grand Ducal Council of San Francisco. Yes, they can go to see some stuff or yeah. Yeah, so we do have a Facebook page for Alameda Ducal uh, and then we also have our website alamedaducal.org and um also, we have our own 27th Rain um, Facebook page as well. And then you can also find me, David Bracamontes. If you can spell that name, then you found me. It's really easy. What are your roots, David? My roots? Is that what ethnicity is that? Oh, I was going to say, you we're going to go deep. You we're going to go deep. You just called her out. <laughs> Honey, you're here. Don't worry about it. Your naturally dark black hair. There's not a dye in there. Sorry, man. He's coming later. I went into right into a kink thing. I was like, oh, the roots of my kink? I don't know. Let's go. Where's, where's the therapy that's, couch? That's at 7 p.m. Oh, that's at 7. Okay, got it. Got it. For that one. Uh, so, yeah, so I am uh, Mexican-American. I grew up in Southern California. My father is from Chihuahua, Mexico. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know if that was Italian or... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the fun the fun fact story of it is actually the name is Bracamonte. And, you know, we came across and immigration said that's a Bracamonte's family, and that's how they spelled it, and they added the S. Rude. Rude. So rude. <laughs> now Keeping the social now justice aware. Your name. Yeah, and and you're right. We do have events all the time. All I the time. I will also be in Long Beach this weekend, uh, representing our court at their uh, coronation, uh, while Cruzen is defeating Lady Carla. Carla, I love you, um, but she's gonna kick your butt. Uh, and then uh, we also have the annual Royal Spaghetti Feed and Drag Show, which is oh, I saw that one on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, that looks fun. Yeah, Mama P's been doing this for some years now, and we are so happy with it. And the reason that it's such an amazing event, it's a spaghetti feat at a church. And we all know kind of the struggle between the LGBT community and the history of churches and being accepting. And this is an amazing accepting church um, out in the East Bay, uh, St. Cuthbert. 
Birds Episcopal Church, um, and they Excuse have been. Excuse me. What did you say? Say, say, say that. Please say that five times. Cut the cutthroat. Cut the cutthroat. Cut the throat. I'm waiting for one of my monarchs to call in and yell at me. I'm just trying to do as much as I can to get phone calls in. Um, so. It is going to be March 23rd at Doors at 5 o'clock, and this is a pre-sale ticket event, and so go to our website, alamedaducal.org. You'll see how to buy tickets there. Um, it does sell out every year because the church community shows up and completely supports Mama P. She is a... a a member of their church as her boy self, but they also know her as Mama P, and we love them, and they're so supportive to us every year. I went to the spaghetti feed last year, and oh my gosh, it was so fun and so cute, and like it was such a family affair. Like there were yeah. there were families from the church with their kids and drag queens and oh. the local LGBTQ community. It was super super cute and fun. So yeah. highly recommended that one. Wow, I want to go. Yeah, you should. should. And also, and then there's spaghetti a spa- and meatballs. And there's a spaghetti dinner as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, with maybe, well, and maybe a buttered roll. Unlike unlike Elsa, I will comp you a ticket because I will pay for your ticket oh to get God. in. Did you hear that, Elsa? Oh. Cruisen's, Cruisen's trying to get my attention. She's not even paying attention to me. Cruisen's making rude gestures I'm, to me. I'm focused oh on you, Tweeka. Is Cruisen out there by the Cruisen's door? out there. Like, that, she's just squeezing through the door David, your other half is Oh, my goodness. Let's have a nice round of applause for the Grand Duchess. 2018-19. Cruisen de <laughs> sorry, Cruzen. There's no seats in here. I'm she's sorry. She's brought a dog with her. <laughs> <laughs> she's also breaking Shall down I? your studio. We're she sorry is. about this. Well, it's great to have the the Dougal Court Alameda uh, Consta, Costa Costa Contra Costa County. I, I was get out of the city. I was much. so we glad. don't. I was so glad to move from the Alameda and Contra Costa County Ducals to the San Francisco Ducals because I'm saving so many syllables. I know. I'm like. I'm you are like hours a week, and now you have time to you know launch <laughs> your own production. <laughs> Ouch! At the, uh, what was the venue again? Your, at Piano at Fight. The piano yes, f- yes, yes, and also like I mean the the Bart trip the Bart trips back and forth across the bay and drag were they were wearing on me. No, no, we want I want you to join. Oh, right. yes. So Cruzen's interrupting our moment. So <laughs> what I would say is that it sounds like we need to I take... I love the chemistry between you guys. <laughs> <laughs> come on in and join the fun. Come on in, Cruzen. It sounds like we need to take Tweeka on Are a tour of the East Bay and introduce you to all the cities and counties over I there. I would love to get involved. I would. I would. Maybe House of Pride could do like a live... There we go. Um, Maybe a live feed from the spaghetti feed. That would be so much fun. Ooh. There Synchronicity. So, You're so good at this. I want to ask Cruzen what your dog's name is. Cruzen. What dog? <laughs> what is that? What dog? Uh, Cruzen doesn't see it. This is Marcus. Marcus. Hi, Marcus. Uh, we've got a live dog. We have two live dogs. We have my dog, Charlie, and Marcus. Hi, Marcus. Come on. Folks, you uh, have to use your imagination. <laughs> unless they, they start to fight. fight. And mine, then mine is oh, a, no. There's tail wagging. They're friends. They're friends. Mine is there's a neuter. sniffing and tail My wagging. My dog is a neutered. Uh, oh, and the dogs person. are getting along, too. <laughs> Marcus, do you want a treat? Marcus is neutered also. Okay. No, so he's, not, he's not Stop neutered. Stop looking at me. All right. You have this mic, honey. Oh, I'm here. Yes. Cruzen's here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, it might be seem a little sloppy right now, but it's it's suspense because here on House of Pride Radio, I'm so proud to have the reigning uh, 
Duke and uh, Dugo. No, um, Duchess. Duchess. Reigning Grand Duke and Reigning, Reigning Grand, Grand Duchess, Duchess together. Alameda and Contra Again. Counties. It's like you guys do so many shows together, and here you are taking the time to be I with us on House of Pride Hi. Radio. I saw you. You did. did. Did you get my text? I did get your text. Yeah, did you answer? I was kind of, I was busy. Were you busy? Yeah. I didn't know you were going to be here. I, I didn't know you were going to be here. You were a surprise I guest. Manny's here I, also. I, I, was, I was here because Tweeka pointed out on Facebook that I was going to be here, but we know how you love Facebook. Cruising's a surprise guest. <laughs> I have a, um, an appreciative, I'm appreciative uh, token of, uh, of your being present. Oh, I'm so and excited. What is it? It's a drink ticket to the Wild Side West. Oh, thank God. <laughs> this is going to come so in handy for me and my sober 23 years oh, of sobriety. Uh, no, I'm keeping it. No, fuck you. You can trade it for this bling ring. Oh. Okay. Okay. We'll trade. I forgot you were so. I'm so sorry. I don't it's want. It's okay. I could have gotten a Red Bull. Or got me a cocktail. I took both. But I got you a bling ring. No, I took both options. Yes, he already has. Wait, a bling I can ring. get both. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay, I'm fine. Okay. Guess who's out? <laughs> oh my god, I'm just a bad example. <laughs> Here, congratulations on yourself. Here's a drink ticket. That's okay. I am okay. You, you can get a. Down? You can get an orange juice. Thank you. Or, Sit down. I don't drink. I get buy cokes every time I go there. All right. So how is everybody? We're good. You know, uh, we're talking uh, how about uh, well, we were talking about Elsa for a while. Yes. Yeah, well, we, who doesn't? <laughs> would you like to go back to that topic, Tweeka, darling? Yes. We, we want to reiterate before you leave. I know you're on a tight schedule. I'm on such a tight yeah, schedule. It's there's tight. nothing tight about you or your schedule. <laughs> well, I was really like so excited to hear of how like uh, how busy you guys are. During your reign, you're halfway through it, and you've uh, been doing all these fundraisers. We are, and don't eat it. Uh, and uh, it's been very exciting. It has been. It That's has been super saying. exciting. And we are sad to have Elsa have moved to the San Francisco court, but that's where you belong because that is where your home is, and we support that. Thank you. And I, I will always have a special place in my heart for Alameda and Contra Costa County Ducals. I was really, I left my year as Queen of Hearts over there. So thank you so much. Just to be clear, she just said that she's saving syllables but not being with us anymore. I, I am. Like, San sure Francisco versus that. Alameda she and Contra Costa Counties. I am just being nice to her. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait till I leave. You realize I'll be See, able to hear what you say when I turn the radio on. She's no longer reigning with us. So I think that requirement of being nice to my counterpart. You don't have to. I don't have to apply that to her. And I've never had to apply. (laughs) Marcus, please sit down. You're making. I I was also trying to tell the listeners that I'm trying to say as many wrong things as I can in the hopes that our monarchs call in. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Like who? Mother Hen. Mother Hen would be great. Granny. Granny Annie. Oh, you just called her that word. You just have to text these people. Tell them to call. I'll give them the number. So, Tweeka, what's what's new in your world? Yeah. My world. (laughs) That is exactly how I see your world. (laughs) With the cock in the background. Nice. Is that Mother Chicken? It's Mother Hen. Mother Hen. hen. She's Uh in the house. She called. (laughs) Folks, call us 415-550-0511. That's 415-550-0511. Who doesn't have a, a ducal question? 
Or yes. a court question. Come on. Just te- text your friends. That's how we get people to pull. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there one fundraiser that has stuck out as uh, you know one that really you thought went just perfectly or had the most memorable experience at? Lonely. Yeah, but I there there is one that sticks out right now as we are midway. But uh, and I'm happy to talk about that, and I and I will. Uh, but uh, what is truly exciting to me is that we have some really cool things coming up. But I think you probably covered them, right? Well, we talked about the spaghetti. Oh, the spaghetti feed. Oh, yeah. Spaghetti feed sounds fabulous. I can't wait. And then this Saturday. Is uh, yes, the Battle of the CCs. That's with you and uh, and, and Carla, Lady Carla, and I are going head to head. And the two C's stand for your name, Carla and Cruzen. Okay, and mm-hmm. it is the Imperial Court against the Ducal Court. And I made up a rule this afternoon while I was driving that whoever wins uh, gets to give the other a pie in the face. Oh, uh, so nice. uh, that's so we have to win. Fabulous. Ducal Court. But I think that, uh, I think the project that David and I did at uh, Filoli, which is where I work, which is a historic house and garden in Woodside, California, uh, was really a lot of fun. uh, And it brought a lot of people together. And I think that as far as I'm concerned about is uh, the money has been great. Did you see the money Mm -hmm. thing? Yeah. Yeah, The money has been great. not for us, of course, <laughs> but uh, for our charities, it's been great. But I think that the most, re- the thing that I've loved the most is the number of people that are getting involved and people who have never done fundraising before who are giving up their time to fundraise for organizations that they believe in. And that, to me, is one of the most wonderful and heartwarming things that uh, has happened as part of the Ducal Court. That's so wonderful. Um, We're not talking about me anymore, so I have to go. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Tell folks where they can uh, follow you, I actually did have to go at 6.30. I'm sorry. And also, Prince Manny is here, and he needs this chair because the studio has three chairs, and I'm in one of them. Okay. Um, You can find me on Facebook. It's Elsa Touche. It rhymes with douche but starts with a T. And uh, (laughs) tickets to my upcoming show, Murder, She Wrote, which starts in April. Uh, Murder, She Wrote in drag at Piano Fight. You can get tickets to that at pianofight.com or eventbrite.com. Murder, she wrote it. Murder, she, murder, she, we wanted to call it murder, she gagged, but then we decided (laughs) just to stick with murder, she wrote in drag. So come see it. And Tweeka, thank you so much for having me. I hope Angela Lansbury doesn't sue you. Oh, well, you know, Angela Lansbury, we hope she doesn't notice. You know, we hope she doesn't notice. Is she dead? Uh, No, she's not dead, but we're not very important. No (laughs) cis letters yet. (laughs) No no cis and the cis letters yet. We have, we have, we feature the word parody very prominently in all our materials and parody is allowed under most copyright rules. Ish, ish, ish. ish, Fabulous. Ish, ish. ish. But thank you so much for having me, Let's have a nice round of applause for Elsa. Elsa Tush. Oh, so nice Take to see you, Cruzen and David. Okay. So nice to see you, Elsa. Are we going to see you this weekend? Uh, no, we're not going to. 
going to. No. no. Okay. No. So, folks. Thanks, uh, Elsa. Oh, you'll see me soon. W- one sec. <laughs> Bye, honey. Uh, Bye. So we have a we have more local luminaries coming in. But what we're going to do right now is take a short musical break and call Miami really quick because we need to talk to uh, Frank Cesarlo, who was one of the big PR people from Epic Records. He's going to tell us about his new uh, songs that are coming out, and then we're going to get back into our local fun here, folks. We're going to uh, play a song from his uh, promotion team entitled Drop It. Here goes. This is C-Rod featuring Brendan O'Hara. The name of the song is Stay. Check it out. We'll be right back with Frank. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on the air. We're talking uh, all the way, all the way over in Miami now. You were just listening to uh, that fabulous song. We didn't get all the way through. Played the rest in a little bit, but that is stay. Right now, we're talking to the man who's uh, promoting that, uh, Mr. Epic himself, Frank A. Ciralo. Are you with us? I am. I am. Good. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Now, before we get into your new work, give us a little home uh, schooling on, on where you're coming from. You were with Epic for many years. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I went to school or to college in Ohio, where I'm originally from. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, believe it or not, the rock and roll uh, capital of the world, so to speak, um, where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. And uh, I went to John Carroll University, and um, I really wanted to get into music, and um, I just, there was no real outlet for me there. So at the time, I was um, with my first, well, my first partner, really, that I was with for many years. Um, and we talked about it and we said, let's move to LA. And so um, we did. And um, much much to my mother's dismay, God rest her soul, uh, we moved to LA in 1986. And um, about it took me about a year to get myself together and uh, the catalyst I, I will have to give it all up to the lovely and talented Ms. Gloria Stefan which on, on the way home from one of my multiple uh, part-time jobs at the time they were announcing on the radio it was Power 106 and uh, they said if you want to be an extra in the Miami Sound Machine video Rhythm is going to get you come to blah 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 place and so I went and I got in and it was a it, it really opened my eyes to what the business was all about it was a long grueling day of just you know listening to Rhythm is going to get you like a million times which I loved it anyway it didn't matter to me but I was very into her and uh, and uh, and you strong armed your way all the way up to producing her <laughs> yeah I, I mean really it, it, it's sort of like uh, it was really like foreshadowing because um, six years later um, I was her marketing person and it was just really it's kind of, it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it but that is really like living the dream and um, yes. It really, it really was, and what what ended up happening was, uh, after that, I said to myself, "What are you doing? You, this is what you really want. Why aren't you doing it?" So I, you know, at that time, you know, I, you know, at one of my jobs, I opened the phone book. Believe, believe it or not, phone books were big then, so it was the yellow pages, and I went to record companies or record labels, and uh, I started with A and M. And I just started calling, said, are you hiring for interns? And when I got to E for Epic, um, <laughs> they said, yes, we are. Oh, so my I God, went, Frank. I, I went, and they hired me as an intern, which I did for about eight months. And I just did a lot of grunt work for eight months. But <laughs> during that time, they got... Uh, you know, a preview of what I was all about and the fact that I had a lot of knowledge that I had, you know, built up over the years. And, you know, I could, I could name, 
you know, the Miami Sound Machine top ten hits in chronological order, and, and oh, nobody okay. at the la- nobody at the label or in the you know in the in the bay uh, of with all the assistants, they're like, how do you know that? And I'd be like, I love her. She's great. How could you not know? And so hold that thought, Frank. Okay. Okay, I just love that intro. Uh, did of you? <laughs> Frank, I need to introduce you to my um, uh, all the folks I have here in the studio. We have uh, local luminaries. The theme today, and uh, I want to just go around the room real, real quick. I have here on the left, we have Manny. Santos. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Excellent. Pleasure to meet you. We have the reigning du- uh, Grand Duke Grand Duchess. and Grand Duchess with us. We have, uh, um, go ahead. Yeah. I am David Bracamontes, your Royal Grand Duke of Alameda, Contra Costa County. And I am the Royal Grand Duchess uh, Cruz and Deleu of Alameda and Contra Costa Counties. You heard that I, right. I'm, I'm honored to meet both of you. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm actually curtsying for Are both you really? of you. Oh, my God. Excellent. I, Excellent. I'm, do, I'm doing some royalness for both of you. David <laughs> likes it when people go down on their knees in front of him. Hey, and, and last but yeah. not least, we have Armando in the green room. He's coming in next. He's actually a film director. Shout out to Hi, you, Armando. Armando. Yeah. How you doing? How you doing? He's doing good. He's great. Okay, good. <laughs> he's patiently. Great. Oh, he's on, coming in. Come on in. You can come in. Oh, yeah, yeah he's coming right. in. Drag a chair in, and we have two dogs as well in here. Uh, but um, we, I'm a big fan of um, Miami Sound Machine. Uh, when I was DJing back in, even way back then, I was always playing Rhythm, It's Gonna Get You, and Conga. I think I dropped that recently on one of the boat gigs I did. People actually did it. They did a conga around the buffet. Who doesn't love Gloria Stefan? If they don't love Gloria Stefan, I have a great story if you want me to like go there. Uh, let me ask my, my yes. Okay, yes, yes, yes. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Okay, David, when, don't you want to hear it? I'm sorry. I'm getting on a well, flight. I heard he's on his knees. I'm, I'm on my way to Miami. <laughs> well, you know, after after a couple of years um, on the West Coast, um, I, ha- I had a really awesome couple of bosses. My, my music mentor, Polly Anthony, who unfortunately is no longer with us, and she was like my music mom and mentor. And she really believed believed in me at a time when there there weren't really many out individuals at any labels at all and she she loved that I was unapologetic about who I was and what I wanted and and um, the the guy that I worked for who never wanted a male assistant um, she convinced him to uh, bring me on as an assistant
Black Blast Mutiny Radio out of them. Keep it listening.